Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Aaron joins us. AJ Hawk joins us. Aaron Andrews joins us. The boys are on fire. It's a great day to be alive. Obviously have to chit-chat a little bit about my appearance on Monday Night Manning. I had an absolute blast. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Let's get to it. I want to make one formal announcement. I'm fucking back, dude. Yeah! Woo! Let's go, bro. Last night was awesome, obviously. Last night was a very cool evening for me. I got a chance to chit-chat with an old friend and a new friend on ESPN2 and tell some stories that are tried and true. I was basically like a pastor or a priest going to the Bible. And I'm saying that just because one particular reason. I've told a lot of stories throughout my life. There are a couple that have seemed to hit at all times. The Bible seems to be the stories that hit all the time. Mm -hmm. And the priest and the preacher's job is to tell the story mm -hmm. in a different fashion. I haven't told some of the stories I got to tell last night in years. Did not know I was going to be telling them either. So immediately upon the question being asked, I'm like, oh my God. It's great to revisit this Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. dinner. It's great to revisit this <laughs> casino night. It was just, I had so much fun. I was so thankful for the opportunity. Obviously, Peyton and Omaha Productions had me over there. Eli is a legend. Great chatting with him on this show yesterday. And I hope, you know, we had some, I have some behind the scenes shots. You know, my wife uh, of me setting up and my thoughts going into it. I don't think there has been a time where a guest has come on that show where it has ne necessarily upped the quality of the show. There has been great clips that have come out from people, great quotes coming out of people, but the way that thing is set up with, you know, three different locations, basically, it's uh, on a FaceTime like the show, and you could, if you didn't know Peyton, like, personally, or Eli personally, I think you could be a little bit gun-shy, maybe, and if you're gun-shy, with a little bit of a lag in the tech thing, people are going to step on each other. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I literally went in there with the mindset, hey, I'm coming in, guns a-blazing, yeah. all right? I have the ability to be comfortable because I know this, both of these people rather well. I have some stories, but also I've been watching the last seven guests, and it's like, if you wait at all, it's over. We had a couple moments where we stepped on each other. I tried to get out of there. It was good times. I think overall, though, aside from the little tech things that people can maybe pick apart about this situation, it's an internet show happening on ESPN2 with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. There, so there's going to be some tech stuff. I love that show. Yeah. It's awesome. Incredible. I fucking love it. I enjoyed the first three quarters when I was watching, uh, just kind of seeing what was going to go on. I was going to do some callbacks to some things that he said earlier. The amount of football information that just spills out of their mouths mm -hmm. in the middle of a game is insane. I mean, we all knew very early that the Detroit Lions were running cover two, and the reason why they were running the ball is because the Detroit Lions were literally testing Aaron Rodgers on whether or not he would throw the ball or just continue to run it. We heard that the entire game from Peyton and Eli. Then I, they switch back to an interview with Aaron Rodgers on the field, and they go, hey, what happened on offense? Well, they're running kind of a cover two that entire time, so we had to be very patient with it. It was like, I feel like I got the entire game plan almost while watching it alongside Peyton and Eli, and if you're a football nerd, I think that show's only going to get better and better, and I'm uh, so grateful to be watching it. And also, incredible and to be a part of it, but also incredibly grateful that I'm fucking back. All yeah. Right? All right. Packers minus 11 and a half. The yes. hottest people, the hottest prognosticators that I have in my life. Mitt went 5-1 this past weekend on Hammered Down. He said Lions plus 11 and a half. Jeez. Uh, A.J. Hawk went 10-3 on the entire weekend against the spread. He goes, Packers will win. Lions plus 11 and a half. What? Everybody was basically saying that the Packers minus 11 and a half was classic Mush McAfee situation. I was putting it out there and everybody else was going to win. We covered, okay? Mm -hmm. It was close. I mean, Jared Goff threw that ball at the end. <sighs> 
I was sweating yeah. rather handsomely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was coming down there. The over hits, a lot of points were scored. It was a glorious evening for me, and I can't wait to talk to Aaron Rodgers about it here in about an hour and 54 minutes or so. He has to be feeling pretty damn good. There was a lot of people attacking him all week. Oh, he's too nonchalant. He doesn't care. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing a show and so comfortable and relaxed? They just got shellacked by the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. And I think all he was doing is exactly what he does every week. By the way, look for the same exact human probably today on the show yeah. and look for a guy who will probably understand that this was going to happen. He knew this was probably going to happen and I can't wait to chit-chat with him. He did give a little, uh, most of the things that are said here is bullshit though to, oh, yeah. uh, to <laughs> the media. I think that's that's a fascinating relationship I'm excited to watch grow You know, through the season. Yeah. <laughs> the media people who are obviously potentially on the Green Bay Packers organization side, and they have to be by the way, because if Aaron was to leave, guess who's going to stay there? The Packers will still be there, yeah. and that media person will still be there. So they have to be on the Packers' side. This is almost like Tom E. Curran uh, up there in New England. Yep. Whenever Tom left and the Patriots were still there, Tom E. Curran was kind of, you know, kind of sideways. He was like, Tom Brady has some points here, and the Patriots did not not hear that. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a situation that's going to uh, continue to play out here. I assume Aaron and the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to get in good graces. It, there should be more communication. I think that is already happening in this entire thing, but that that is a story to watch along as we go because it feels like Aaron is at a point where he will just tell the truth. Like, well, I mean, a lot of you guys are cooking up a bunch of bullshit narratives in here, so yeah. it's all a bunch of garbage. Is what he said. To some, there's obviously incredible media. I'm just saying, in some situations, it felt like that was how Aaron was. Aaron was being portrayed as a guy that didn't care about his team. He was jumping in waterfalls. He wasn't at OTAs. They lose 38-3. He's somehow not crying about it two days later. Yeah. He's not upset about it, sweating about it, uh, throwing a temper tantrum about it two days later. This guy doesn't even care. And then they just go beat the doors off of the Detroit Lions. I think he had like two incompletions at one point with three touchdowns. I, I mean, it was it was absurd there. Now, very patient. Obviously, Aaron Jones dominated. Mm -hmm. They found his chain, by the way, that had his dad's ashes in it. That's great news. At about 2 a.m., I think an athletic trainer went back out on the Lambeau and found it. Incredible story there. Aaron Jones, incredible ball player. The ball to Devontae Adams. Oh, and the ball to Big Bob Tunyon. Oh. And then listening to Peyton and Eli break down, like, why are the Lions doing this on third and 12? You've literally been doing something different. Why on the most important play are you going to man coverage and then Devontae up and out? Mm -hmm. Right in the bucket. How you doing? I mean, it was, it was a beautiful game. It was a great thing, and uh, you know, it feels like Big Mo is running back through my body right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, Big Mo. I'm talking about Big momentum. Hell yeah! yeah. I'm right. gonna carry that into Thursday, then then it's Saturday, right. then Sunday, right. and then Monday. And right. I, I ain't looking back. I'm doing this thing the rest of the season. I believe I'm feeling maybe too good about myself. We're still a losing record on the season, but. <laughs> Last night was a big night. Uh, the boys at Talks the Table here at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. At Ty Schmidt is an owner of the Green Bay Packers organization. To watch that team do what they did to the Detroit Lions last night, how'd that make you feel? It feels like the conversations of this team dying should at least subside for another couple weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, it, that was to be expected. We said yesterday, hey, it's a get-right game. I think a lot of people would have been very, very worried if the, it, this one would have come down to the, the very end, but... It's not overreaction Monday, so I'm not going to overreact. I mean, we knew the defense. I mean, we knew the offense was going to be just fine when they kind of started getting their groove. Like this defense stinks. And granted, they got you know Zadarius Smith, arguably the best player out, out there, is hurt right now. But like, they didn't get any pressure on golf all night, really. I mean, the you know, and people were saying, oh, in the second half they looked better. I mean, 
Jared Goff, once the weather got bad or, like, the ball got a little bit wet, he just, like, couldn't hold on to it, fumbled a couple times. I mean, they got a couple pressures, but Kevin King, same thing as last year. It was just – it's tough to look at that and be excited. It feels just like the Packers teams of the past where it's like they're going to have to score 42 to 45 points a game to win. Otherwise, you just can't rely on that defense to get stops. It did feel like uh, Peyton and Eli were maybe waiting for the Green Bay Packers defense coordinator to make a terrible call. Mm -hmm. And uh, it did happen. Now, now, Peyton is obviously going to be very pro quarterback forever. He's he's actually said that last Mm -hmm. night. Like, hey, I'm going to be pro quarterback. He's playing quarterback for both teams on these Monday night games. So much so that I actually asked him, like, are you regretting now that you have to watch – because his preparation is only one way, I think. Like, I think he only knows how to watch film one way, and that's, like, so much. He's preparing to be quarterback, I think, for both of these teams, and he'll find a nice groove in there. But I think what he realized with that Packers defense last week, you know, he mentioned a couple times that Aaron and the offense were only on the field 12 times in the first half. They only had 12 plays, and defense couldn't get off the field. And obviously Aaron wasn't making anything happen whenever he was on there either. But he, to play complementary football, you need defense to get the other team off the field. And uh, the offense, you need a couple first downs here so everybody can get a good break you know it's like one of those situations they called some man coverage scheme at some time and Peyton was just sitting there like yeah, this is not what I would call and Cole Kublik uh tweeted this out I believe Diggs did as well and a couple others listening to them talk it's almost like they should be defensive coordinators and this is kind of the Brandon Staley story mm-hmm. over there at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers former defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams former quarterback for the University of Dayton and they always say well well he's a quarterback but he also knows the defense that's right. that's right and it's like listening to Peyton and Eli talk about the defenses it's almost like Peyton was like, this is not what I want to see in this situation. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want to see in this situation. Why are they not doing this, basically? It's almost like, how come quarterbacks, they always go to offensive coordinator? Maybe they should just think about a couple of these super football IQ folks and just put them uh, super high football IQ quarterbacks. Be like, let's put you on defensive side of the ball, see how this thing goes. Let them eat. You might not be able to relate to them as quickly, uh, as quickly and you might not know all their terminology. You'll get it. You'll figure it out. And then just call what you wouldn't want to see. That was a fascinating take and, and kind of what I, I think we all kind of seen from the Peyton and Eli cast last night, but they were sitting on a Green Bay Packers defense waiting to happen. They couldn't get a stop. No. I mean, Aaron was, was rolling, 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 rolling. Touchdown. Then Jared Goff would have a seven-minute drive or something like yeah. that. They'd score, and then it would go back. 17-14, they're down. You know what I mean? And, Pey- and Aaron hadn't had a single, I think at that point, failed drive at all. And people on the internet were dancing like, oh, oh, yeah. oh the Packers are dead. Aaron stinks. It's like, I don't think he's had an incompletion yet. Like, has this guy even, I think he had maybe two incompletions in the entire time. That defense is going to have to tighten up. I don't know if Joe Barry is going to be a guy who's going to be taking a lot of arrows this year, mm. but I do know that Petten did last year, and I'm not sure if Joe Barry is doing much better than him right now. Well, and then I saw a quote that, you know, like LaFleur, I think, at halftime went up to Joe Barry and said, either get pressure on golf or, you know, play better coverage, and that really lit a fire under his ass. Like, you hear stuff like that. That lit like, up coaches? Yeah, I oh, guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't remember who tweeted it, but I just saw it. It's yeah. like, well, it's, oh, I'm going to fucking coach my ass off. And, that's what I'm saying. And, and, second half. And that kind of stuff used to happen with Penton, too. Like, you know, they, they'd come out in the first half and just look fucking terrible. And then LaFleur lets fire under his ass and all Penton looked good in the second half. And then it's just, I mean, it's Groundhog's Day. It's just the same thing over and over. So hey, we'll they, see. They did, go, they did they look did, good. They did. I mean, and part of that, you know, was Jared Goff fumbling a, a snap yeah. and, you know, like throwing a bad pick and, uh-huh. yeah, you know, just slipping out. slipping out of his hand. I mean, guys never practiced with a wet football before, it looked like. But it just, like, it, it, 
outside of that stuff, I mean, you're not going to have guys shooting themselves in the foot week after week after week after week. So we'll see. They got to get much better. Ball mm-hmm. slipped out of Zito's hand this morning as well. That's true. Whoa, really? That, happen. that was, wasn't yeah. a dupe, though. It was act. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a smaller, more rubbery, actually more grippy. Well, ball. it's because he had oh, bacon boy. grease all over his hands too. It was actually Whopper. It was Whopper mayo. Anyways, I don't know if Golf. Did Golf? I don't know if Golf had. I don't. I don't know if Golf had bacon <laughs> grease what? or Whopper mayo on his hands. <laughs> But that ball did come right out. I'm sorry, Nick. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say? Did he pat it out of his own hand? It looked like you know a QB sits and pats the ball. So it looked like he hit it and then it. I think I think he was. I think maybe his natural move is to hit it before he's going to throw it. And maybe it, I think it was the suddenness of the move where you like kind of the pullback. Yeah, and then you also squeeze. You know, like mm-hmm. I think Kyler does this sometimes. When Kyler is trying to throw it harder, I think he grips it a little bit more and it makes it come out as a duck. Like, I think anybody that's ever thrown a football knows that, like, the tighter the grip doesn't necessarily mean the better. Like, no. that thing's – so, and sometimes when you try to tighten a little bit, you can slip off there. But I'm not 100% sure. If he did just bat that ball out of his own hands, I mean, that's a good strip sack. Yeah. That's yeah. a good strip yeah. sack. Get yeah. him into Robert Mass's gridiron gang, dude. Get that whole thing happen. I love to see it. They were very close to covering, though. Oh, yeah. Too oh, close. Yeah. I mean, they were very – DeAndre Swift started getting loose in there. And, uh, you know, he – Oh, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Can tell kids anything is possible now. Uh, those who got it got it. The um, <laughs> yeah. he started moving, and then Goff did the throw and everything like that. That was a real sweater for me uh, at Boston Connor. What did you bet on last night, if I do recall? Aaron Jones two scores. I mean, in the first half, going forward. Now I know you got to sprinkle a little on three plus touchdowns for Aaron Jones because that was like plus 2400 what was the two plus touchdowns for Aaron Jones uh plus, plus 480 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah plus yeah. 480 that's good payday oh yeah juicy hey, hey we we really hit that thing that's a couple units too uh-huh a couple units uh, that, that counts me. as four or five wins at if least, you think about yeah, it yeah if you start doing the math that's at least gotta <laughs> yeah. be it that was a good office run there you know did not score Jam- Jamal Jamal. What's that all about? MCDC didn't want to get him in the zone in uh, Green Bay in his return there. I saw Aaron start targeting Randall Cobb pretty heavily in that one, and then they actually pointed at each other. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Right. did that thing. He got hit. He got hit. Oh, yeah. That was a tough hit. I don't know how that's going to go. Hopefully he's back there. But Jamal Williams, no tutties. What's going on with MCDC? He doesn't care about his players? I don't know. Because he could have ran that Aaron Jones play. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Off just doing the thing. Well, and, can Goff run that play? I don't know. But Goff's they, great at that play. McVay used to run that play all oh, the time. Yeah. The little touch pass thing. Yeah. McVay off. Oh, you're talking about the little. Oh, I thought you were talking about the rollout. No, okay. no, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the little touch to Aaron Jones. Yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have Jamal Williams do that at some oh, point yeah. whenever the Green Bay Packers defense wasn't stopping anybody early. Yeah. I mean, get Jamal a little payback, you know? A little bit of Jamal on Damn. that. Back in your life, Green Bay Packers. What's that all about? Is MCDC not about the players? Wow. That's wild. I don't think we can blame this on MCDC. They just needed a touchdown in any way they could get it. And Cephas was on fire early, so you got one of him. Hawkinson's always in the end zone. Got one of him. But Hawkinson's I mean, very good. Yeah, great also, catch. He's very good. And, you know, on that fourth down, that was really the game when they didn't get that fourth down. Hawk was wide open, but we just couldn't get it to him. Well, Worst I mean, you ever throw in some while? It's a lot easier to see who's open on a yeah. sky game. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's why Mike Glennon's been in the NFL 14 True. years. <laughs> you, guys, you guys talked about that golf fumble, and, you know, you thought it slipped out of his hand. But I, as a Lions fan, actually saw the Calvin Johnson curse. Come from the sky, uh, bat that ball yeah. out so the uh-huh. Packers could have it. Yeah, the Calvin Johnson curse is a real thing, and it, it is not being addressed properly. No. It's not going anywhere. I've too. seen that game from the Lions 
one million times. They do that every single time. I said it to Ty. I said, hey, we're going to keep this close in the beginning. Everyone's going to lose their minds. And then Aaron will come out at halftime and score right out of halftime like he always does. We'll make a mistake, score again, get hey, it Hey, you guys won and elected to receive, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So you actually asked for Aaron to get it in the second half, he which I can respect scores. because if Aaron comes out, by the way, if that offense comes out, that first drive and does exactly what they did, yep. that place is probably going to be. I mean, not that it wasn't crazy. Lambeau packed again, by the way. Let's yeah. Go. yeah. Good. Good for you guys out there. Cheeseheads looks absolutely awesome. But he comes out there. He's going to do what he's got to do. So MCDC had to make a decision there. Yeah. Like, okay, do we want get a big stop, man? Yeah. <laughs> or do we take our offense out there and try to score? And they did well, by oh, the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They look good. But Aaron did come out. And, I mean, it was just. It was over. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was all she wrote. Yeah. I mean, you got Aaron Jones scoring four touchdowns. Give me a break. Big Bob Tanyan getting a laser beam to his yeah. arms in the end zone. I mean, Devonte Adams didn't get in the zone. They were looking for him a couple times, but he's still an absolute. I mean, it feels like the conversations of Aaron Rodgers thinking of football are over. But by the way, I think the Lions played a lot better than I thought they were going yeah, to. Not bad fight, team. Man. In the a lot of heart, fight. man. A lot of heart, man. Our team fight, man. I mean, we could have got beat by 50, man. We could have got beat it. by, what, 17, 18? That's 18, pretty good, man. man. Yeah, you could have. I mean, Aaron, he only got the ball five, six times. He scored every time, but, He's man. so fucking good, man. It'd be great to have that guy. <laughs> He's the best. What did MCDC say after the game? Anything? That. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, that was all so quote. fucking hard, man. <laughs> At Tone Diggs. Uh, was a lot of money made last night or lost by the sports books? I, I it felt like all the people that were like uh, maybe sharps do 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 maybe sharps do 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 maybe sharps do 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 there may be sharks. Feels like they were all in on sharps. By the way, Zito is what we're going with. Sharks is the original song, unless you're talking about Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart, welcome back, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> really, Serge, it is good to have him all Thank in. You, you know what I mean? Love that guy. Love that guy. Uh, it felt like the Sharps were all like the 11 and a half on the Lions. Yes. Am I wrong in thinking yeah, that? Did. It felt like that was where a lot of the money well, was actually, going. Well, actually, the public was on them, too. It was on the Lions as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh. me in the sports books had a great night last night. Yes. That's awesome. What did you go on? Uh, Devontae Adams over yards. How many did he get? hundred and something. Did he? 20 something. Yeah. yeah. Did he not get it? He did get it. Oh, no, yeah. The over it was 80 something, so. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams and Aaron are always going to be good together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anytime you got two people sharing Instagram uh, things like, hey, it's our last dance. That's and then, right. Did you see the flyover video? It was amazing. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are standing next to each other. Flyover comes. It, that might have been the biggest fighter jet I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> really? It was the... It seemed to be about 53 and a third wide. Wow. Ooh, a little bomber. I mean, it, bomber. it looked like, maybe not 53, but because 53 and a third is how wide the field is. And as it flew over, it looked like it was the entire size of like the Jumbotron on the top. Damn. And it was one plane and it was moving. moving. And uh, as it's obviously as the national anthem's ending, and the shot is just on Aaron and Devontae next to each other. And you see Aaron look up, and then the shot goes up to the thing. And then he, he comes back to Aaron and Aaron Devontae like, man, that was crazy. And then they tap <laughs> each other up and go, and it's like, these two really like each other. Oh, yeah. These two really like playing football with each other. Like, that is something that Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton always said, like, hey, I like playing football with you. Like, it is a lot of fun. And if you go back to, like, when you were a kid and you actually played pickup football and stuff like that, when you played with a guy that was so good or so much if you were a quarterback or the wide receiver it was so much fun i'd never really think about that until i heard andrew and ty like say they enjoyed playing football with each other that's really what it is you know it's just at the top level aaron and Devonte seem to be 
just like Gronk and Tom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same exact way. Mm -hmm. And I guess they're going to catch Peyton. We heard from Gronk. And Gronk, by the way, does not watch film. I just run by guys. Yeah, which is... (laughs) Insane to think that he lasted that long in New England with Bill just saying, yeah, you know what, fuck it. Just let him run by, guys. He doesn't have to watch film. Go take a nap in the back, Rob. You'll be okay. I fucking love it. I mean, this is nothing that you would normally hear from somebody, especially an NFL top 100 player of all time. (laughs) Yeah, Uh Yeah, I don't really want... And Peyton's head had to explode, by the way. I I would assume that his his head... He looked mad. Well, he did talk about... The Gronk, though, did talk about the play, the trap play, where it's a play-action guard pull and then tight end release, and then you're basically just a gimme over top of the line linebackers who had to bite because the the offensive lineman pulled we heard that story uh both in the nfl top 100 and the the whole thing that has happened and that's where dallas clark scored a lot Mm -hmm. and then tom took that up and basically that is where gronk has scored Mm -hmm. 90 touchdowns i think is what gronk said last night but thinking about gronk not watching film and just going up to tom and being like hey is there anything i need to know this week or whatever and uh tom being like okay so the cards cover two you're probably gonna do this you know Sounds easy. Gronk Gronk win then. (laughs) And then just go and do his thing and dominate. That's amazing. And that makes sense on why when they traded him to the Detroit Lions, aside from the fact that it's Detroit Lions and it's potentially Calvin Johnson curse, he's probably also like, oh, whoa, whoa, I got a guy that tells me four sentences, gives me everything I need to know. He's great all the time, and all we do is win. I will retire right now. It makes a lot more sense why he will only – Tom Brady's my quarterback. He has said like numerous times – and it makes sense if that has worked so well, so much so that you become like greatest tight end of all time. And literally the only film you have is via another person telling you what to do. Like, hey, I only need to do a couple of things. There's film surfacing on the internet now of obviously Tom telling Gronk to do different things during a play. One of the ones that was most obvious, he literally goes, Gronk, stand up. <laughs> and then Gronk stands up. And then I think they throw a touchdown to him or something. Like, it is just, that's amazing. Shout out to Gronk for being able to do that. And I don't ever want to compare myself to Gronk or Tom Brady ever, but that's exactly how it goes with SmackDown with mm-hmm. Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. a dream. Like, hey, so Michael Cole is my play-by-play guy. I just want to let everybody know Michael Cole is my play-by-play guy. Uh, play-by-play guy. Just like Rob Gronkowski said, Tom Brady's my quarterback. And I think it's because of similar reasons. Now, I don't know if we'll ever have the success that they have obviously had. They're going to be the all-time leading connection in touchdowns. But it is really nice when you can just go to somebody who is the greatest of all time and just be like, hey, do I need to know anything tonight? Uh... Da 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 and da da da. All right, perfect. Sounds good. All right, I'm just going to go out there and have a good time. It is amazing. So uh, I can trust and appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that Gronk is doing that at the fucking NFL level, at the highest level. Like, do I need to know anything? I covered two, but the one guy's a little bit weak, so you'd be able to do that. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. All right, I'm out of here. And then they just scored touchdowns. Yeah. Five of them so far, or whatever. No, is it four or four? Five? Four. Four of them. So two back-to-back weeks. Yeah. yeah, four. I think he had another one, though, that maybe was supposed to be five, because I remember screaming to myself, does Gronk have five fucking touchdowns? Maybe a drop <laughs> one or something like that. Remember, there was people that thought he was... What did you, you guys trade him? Fourth round? Uh, third rounder, Third I round, which is but still again, pretty high, by the way. Third he, rounder is still very yeah, high. And he would only go to one place, so there wasn't, it wasn't as if we, there were any options for his highest bidder situation. Yeah, and it wasn't like uh, other teams even had the thought no. of, would you take Gronk? Because everybody would be like, uh, yeah. yes, yeah, we'll take First him. round pick. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually have a guy watch film for him. If that's yeah. what, is that what this is going to take or whatever? Let's do it. I enjoyed that a lot, man. I, I just enjoyed last night a lot. I enjoy that Aaron and Devontae are always going to be a fucking tag mm-hmm. team, it feels like. Yeah. And I would assume that whatever team, if there is another team, or if it's the Packers, if you get Aaron Rodgers' situation figured out, I assume Devontae Adams is going to be close B. 
high. Yeah, Ooh. I think so too. Uh, let's get to a break here, and then on the other side, we'll have Aaron Andrews join us. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. EA will be joining us, Fox uh, reporter. Uh, we've seen her on television for like the last. She was doing Thursday night football games. I just thought of this. Thursday night football games when our West Virginia team was on Thursday night every single night. Aaron Andrews was like in Morgantown like three weeks out of six weeks or whatever. She probably had to hate that or whatever. But she <laughs> has been crushing it a long time. Can't wait to chat with her on the other side about Thursday night football. Hell yeah. Panthers going to beat the hell out of the Texans. Yeah, that's right. We are a Texan show. Oh, oh yeah. But our guy, I think, popped his hammy out completely. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, good. Godspeed, T's and P's to the hammy and to Tyrod Taylor. We appreciate the hell out of you. And don't think just because you tore that hamstring that I won't need five push-ups yeah, from you. Yep, that's right. I do. Maybe need ten out of you. Mm-hmm. Love Tyrod, but also love the Panthers, especially on a Thursday night with who? David Sills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. David Sills is the wide receiver. There it is. Hey, he's a player. That kid's out of West Virginia. He can play. Just like Arch Manning. Joining us right now is a man who, after the first week of this NFL season, came on this show, was relaxed, was calm. He said, hey, listen, this ain't a big deal. Relax, everybody. We're going to be okay. And ladies and gentlemen, he showed up on Monday Night Football in a big way. Not only getting a win over the Detroit Lions in front of the beautiful, faithful cheeseheads at Lambeau, but also covering 11 and a half. Hell yeah. My fucking God. All the way back, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Ross. Yeah! What's going on, dude? I feel like at least one of you guys on the show didn't think we were going to cover. Is that right? Oh. 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 That was me. Absolutely. I thought for sure they would score a touchdown at the end, which they almost did to help you guys not cover. But I said the whole time, you will win the game, and you did. Oh, way, right. to, way to go, AJ. Uh, I'm happy you heard that, though, because I thought it was a bit treasonous as well. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, I, I thought it was a bit treasonous as well out of this guy. That's all good. I love AJ, and, and at least he texts me back this week. It's, you know. It's a rarity. So. <laughs> that is a real thing. I have trouble with that, too. And he's got to go play in the Ryder Cup right now. He won't even be at work the next four days, just like last week where he's at some yuppie event, eh, Rod? Two days. He's, yeah, he's definitely changing a lot. You know, he's seen AJ at one point try to kind of hide. is like the Homer Simpson, uh, you know, uh, gif where he kind of disappears into the bushes. He thought that was going to be AJ, and now he's out there. I mean, he's a big media guy. The podcast now he's a big golfer anything you know he basically you know america's guest anybody that pays him you know more than <laughs> the free fit or maybe a 50 dollars subway gift card he's going to be there and then show up to your event america's guest aj yeah. hawk a man who won a college football <laughs> national championship a super bowl champion and he's about to be a Ryder cup champion somehow this guy with mangled fingers who can barely hold a golf club i'm very thankful for him as i am for you aaron uh last night Let's get this thing started. Uh, going into the night, I think you felt like uh, felt pretty good about everything. Offense was very successful in the first half. Didn't have much time on the field. Then second half, you really got going. Was there anything different last or last night that you didn't feel last week, or was it just kind of an entire vibe going into Monday night? You think? Just halftime adjustments, Pat. Halftime adjustments. <laughs> we talked about that last week. We talked about that last week. Uh, so you know, it, it was one of those disjointed first halves again. Like last week, we had really three possessions we scored two two touchdowns on those so we felt good offensively about what we we're doing uh the biggest drive of the game is obviously coming out of the first half there or second half and hitting Devonte, the kind of guys going uh 
um, you know, to, to have our first lead of the season finally change things. They came down, then we stopped them on fourth and one and went down and scored to go up two scores, and that's when everything, the game definitely changed from that point. So those those were the, the throw to tell you was probably the turning point in the game. Um, you know, hit Bobby later on the drive. Uh, but but that, that play was the, was the play the guys going. Hey, what about your throw to, uh, to Tunyon uh, up the seam for the touchdown? Peyton lost his mind. I was watching the old Peyton cast. Pat was on there. Um, that throw obviously seemed perfect, and his, the linebacker's back was turned. Do you feel like if a guy's back or if his head is – looking away then doesn't matter how tight he is like he's open you can put it somewhere yeah if i can see it if i can see his numbers i feel like that guy our guy's open just because it gives you a lot of different places to throw the football over the top uh back shoulder kind of over the guys over the guy's shoulder if you want you can put a little air on it at the safety the safety is a little wide on the play so i was really just looking at the release uh, the release of bobby um and then what the safety did uh, I had uh, Devante one-on-one backside. was really where I wanted to go pre-snap. Um, they were playing some two-shell, but the safety wasn't necessarily getting a ton of width at the snap, um, even though they were playing outside leverage on Devante for, for much of the game in kind of a double. Um, but at the snap, the safety kind of moved slightly to his left, so then I looked to the front side to Bobby, and that safety stayed outside wide. Uh, so I knew I had a good chance at uh, putting the ball um, on Bobby and you know, threw it. Kind of exactly where I was, I was hoping to. Yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of exactly. Watching Peyton react to that ball, it was awesome. Because Peyton was a guy timing. Everything had to be exactly where. The routes had to be practiced. And, you know, that was like his thing. Like, hey, I'm going to drop it in this bucket. Watching him react to that laser beam that you put the big Bob Tunyon was awesome. As you're throwing that ball, are you thinking to yourself, oh, there's like fucking three humans in the history of Earth that can make this throw that I'm about to do right? Do you think about that, or is that not even in there? It's just like everybody's open because I can put it wherever the hell I want. Do you even think about that at all or no? Uh, no, Pat, I don't think that there's only a few humans who can make this throw right before the throw. <laughs> uh, I might be thinking I've made this throw before, uh, which I have made those types of throws before. Uh, but really, it's about the release. You know, once I see the release and feel that, uh, based on his uh, his body movements, that he's going to be in the spot where I think he is. It's just a matter of putting the ball in a in a tight spot. But that's you know, it's throws that we work on, throws I've hit over over the years. It just comes down to footwork. I said after the game, I don't feel like I was throwing the ball uh, often enough on rhythm in week one. And so that's what I was focusing on last week in practice. And, and that throw was this uh, three in the gun, you know, tight hitch uh, throw that, you know, when I, when I am in rhythm and on balance, those are throws I expect to make, you know, regardless of how tight the window is. Immediately after the game, you had an interview on the field talking about the Lions' defense and what happened in the first half, second half, and everything like that. As we were watching the Manning cast, Peyton and Eli, all they were talking about is, oh, they're in cover two. They are just daring Aaron to run the ball. They're they're saying that Aaron is going to get bored. Aaron's not going to be able to just be patient with this entire thing. That's what the defense is saying. And Peyton and Eli weren't saying that you were going to give in to the temptation, but he just thought that's what the defense is continuing to show. And then you got one-on-one with Devontae. You drop it in the bucket, then that Bob Tunyon thing comes immediately after that. How hard is that to kind of sit back and just be like, all right, Aaron Jones, this is going to be a big-time night for you until we can open this thing up? Or is that just you just have to view it as, oh, this is this week's challenge in this whole thing? Well, I think it's the way the league is trending. The the trends on defense, the fads, uh, as we've seen over the years, have gone usually from you know split safety to single safety. And uh, split safety, when I first got in the league, single safety with the uh, San Fran and Seattle's defense, um, Legion of, of Boom, 
uh, for so many years, and, and then their coaches obviously branched off and went to a bunch of different places, and, and that became the the uh, the defense around the league. And now it's kind of this Rams defense, which is a lot uh, Rams Saints ish, a lot more combo coverages, too high quarter on one side, quarters on one side, halves on the other, and you got to be patient with the run. Uh, so that's just the way it goes. We saw it back in 2011. I think we were really, really rolling. Very few teams wanted to play us in single safety, but when they when they do, you got to make them pay, and you have to have also stuff for the two high, the the two high um, defenses as well. But on that third down, they rolled the one high kind of late, and Devontae had a one on one. I put him in a good spot. He made a great catch. Hey, what about their head coach Dan Campbell? Do you have any good interactions with him, either pregame, postgame, and the rest of the staff? I mean, a lot of those guys have been players for a while. Do you get to chat with them? Unlike you, AJ, I like to wear my knee pads on my knees, so. You know, I feel like that was the first line. What? Was that definitely that. Uh, but, no, I didn't see him. I saw three of my former teammates who I love. Uh, Tim Boyle was back up for three years. Loved Tim. He's an awesome guy. He broke his thumb. He's recovering, but he's a you know special, special guy. Jamal Williams who played with us for four years. Jamal, you know, you just can't replace that type of energy and that enthusiasm and love for the game. Not to mention he's a great player. And then uh, Gmo, Geronimo Allison, I saw him after the game as well. You know, just a guy who brought so much energy and excitement and enthusiasm to our team and in our locker room. Just a great human. Um, just fun to see those three guys for sure. Uh, when Jared Goff got loose last night, a couple of times Jared Goff got loose out there. One ran, one ran right into you basically. How's that interaction go? Did you say, wow, surprisingly faster than I think everybody thought? Or would you tell him not to pull anything? Or how does that normally go when you're on other sidelines and when people come to your sideline? It just depends. Sometimes they're friendly, sometimes they're not. Uh, based on where we're at in the game, we're up by three scores. Jared's a cow guy, so I got to, you know, I'm repping my my Adam Duras County Crow shirt today. Oh, of uh, course. Of course. You don't know, you probably don't even know who Adam Duras is, but he's the lead singer. And oh. they're back tour. And Adam used to actually, uh, he would be singing the the uh, the, uh, the winning song in the locker room with us in college. So I got to, got to know him a little bit. Um, anyway, Jared went to Cal. You know, there's... In the locker uh, room with you? Mr. Quite Jones? A, oh, yeah. Quite a lot of us in the league. Are you just, are you just randomly naming? Can you name any, any other song on August and everything after? Around uh, here, dude, of course. Uh, Alone yeah, December. You're in fed line right now. Yeah, yeah. That shout out, Zito. Zito. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Yeah, thank you. But no, I, he, he busted out a couple times. They ran a read option with him where he pulled it. Uh, he had a scramble. We had nobody visiting the football, and he ran for like 30 yards. I mean, that was it's, – it's fun to see the, uh, you know, the, the slower – you watch – look, you watch uh, Lamar the other night, right? He's so dynamic. It's it's unbelievable. Like the one run he had where he literally like went between jukes. It looked like Barry Sanders, and I grew up watching Barry Sanders. I love Barry Sanders. It looked like him just making guys miss. For us, like slower, you know, white guys, every time we bust off a run for like five yards – you know, I feel like, man, I just, you know, I had a couple last night where we had some holding on the defense, and I was like, make sure I get those rushing yards. I, mean, <laughs> I had six yards, I think, last night on four carries. Um, so I was I was a little jealous of Jared, for sure, but uh, but happy to see him, you know, bust out and get, get some rushing yards. Hey, when you catch him with 12 guys on the field, what is that? I know Peyton and Eli were trying to diagram a little bit. You Do you have a feel when they have too many and they're, they're – 
trying to sub and then you just have like a go-to and all of a sudden you, you get to run a play? Yeah, it just depends on the on the substitution patterns. And it looked like you stopped Tunyon. You you signaled him to stay on the sideline, it looked like one one of them. Well, I think some of that's competitive advantage, so I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I do <laughs> on, it was on the game copy. I did a quick count, so uh, you know, I went to ten real quick on my hands and then, you know, one two on my forearm here. So I was like, They got twelve, let's let's get them. And luckily I went to old faithful uh Randall Cobb on, on two of those, actually, which is pretty cool. Um, talking about the sleeve, Peyton talked about this with Jared Goff at the beginning of the uh, game, and it's been fascinating to listen to them talk because I assume it is very similar to how you would watch a game and everything like that. He talked about how whenever you have that sleeve, uh, basically uh, you're getting relayed a number, and then like Goff's getting relayed a number, then he reads it. And normally when you know an offense, as soon as the play's coming in, he said he liked to visualize the play as it's coming in, then he reads it to the huddle, and then now, boom, we're all off and running. When you're reading it off your armband, it's just like you're not really getting a chance to visualize it until you're walking up to the line of scrimmage. You still have the armband on. Is that just something that you guys change and add weekly, or is that you got the offense is just so big you still have to have some reminders in there? And are you comfortable completely in this LaFleur system now, year three, obviously? I'm definitely more comfortable for sure, but I'll say this. The thing I loved about watching Peyton and Eli in the second half, uh, the first the first Monday night game, was damn near everything they said was the truth. You know, like was exactly how most quarterbacks think and, and watch games. You know, it, it was it was really, really fascinating. So I'm not sure what happened last night. I know, you know, your crazy ass was on there. Um, and I'm sure you did, you know, where you were repping for the brand and probably talking Indianapolis, this and that, and, you know, basically stealing the show. But I, I will say that, you know, when you have the wristband, it, it, it does make a big difference because the thing I used to always love was being able to hear the play, and as you're calling it, you are visualizing exactly what you want. And something's coming to mind, either a play from practice, a play from the film, uh, something you maybe visualized the night before during the week about how you wanted that play to play out. Um, when it, you're reading off the wristband, it is different because then that time changes to that quick couple seconds when you do break the huddle, where usually when you're breaking the huddle, for me, you're thinking about adjustments to the play, stresses in the protection, or slight um, you know, uh, changes in, in routes you might want to make depending on the coverages. So it does change, I think, uh, that whole dynamic. However, we have to do it. It's not, it's necessity because plays in this offense are so long. You know, and in the old system, um, and, and even in college, if we had in college, if we had more than seven signals on a play, it would go to the wristband. Uh, with Mike, there were very few plays that we ever needed that, just because things were we would cut down on verbiage so much, and we're in the same system for so long, we just didn't necessarily need to have one. Um, in this system, we have to have it because there can be fifteen words to a single play. Is and, it, are you still evolving in this offense? You think though, like still, you still have a lot of room to go, or do you think you have a pretty good grasp on it? Even though, like, like at this point, I have a good grasp on it for sure. I think the offense itself can evolve; it has to evolve. Every offense has to evolve. Uh, but I've got no, I've got a great grasp of it. But I need the wristband because if if one word gets cut out, or if he pushes the button too early before he starts talking, or whatever might happen, um, if one or two words are off. You know, and I say I need it again. Uh, then we're talking about another five seconds, and it just slows you down uh, getting to the last scrimmage. So it's much easier to say, hey, you know, twenty-two or whatever, and or twenty-two flip, whatever it might be. Then you got to then those five underlined words on here. You got to flip. You know, right goes to left, 
protection one side goes to the other side, run one side goes to the other side, motion goes to the other you know, it's like, it's, it's gymnastics that it, it's, uh, it takes a little bit of learning uh, curve, but, but we got it. No, you're just a dumb, dumb jock, though. Remember that. Don't yeah. ever forget it. Go ahead, Ty. What do you have? Aaron, we've talked ad nauseum about how no matter what you do, there's always going to be detractors and people talking shit. And, it, I mean, it was like that this whole week leading up to the game. And then last night, even, you know, going into halftime, you're 11 to 13 or whatever with, you know, two touchdowns. You look great and people are still picking apart and, tr- you know, trying to dance on your grave or whatever. And you alluded to it in your postgame presser how, like, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to respond, but, like, I, I see what everyone's been saying. Like, are there any people, like, at this point, do you know who's kind of in your corner? Like, do you ever see stuff and it's like, oh, shit, I can't believe this guy's, you know, got something, uh, you know, some sort of issue with me and does it like piss you off you know like i saw a lot of people were saying that like you know you didn't care until the tanyan throw last night like that's when it clicked and it's like oh okay we can see he cares again like is it one of those things where that's still just outside noise and you don't give a shit or is it like what the fuck are these guys talking about i tell you you know it's a combination of both i mean on one hand it's absolute horseshit to give a platform to people who have no idea what they're talking about as far as my mental state and, you know, my focus, my work habits, people that have not been around me, uh, they're not in my life, I don't have communication with them, or not in the locker room. I mean, that's that's just, that's just, it's chicken shit. You know, it's it's so ridiculous that, that people give get a platform to do this, and it's the same type of people. On the flip side of that, I think in this day and age of media, the, the things that get the most, it's all about clicks, right, and hits and views, and uh, one second counts as a view. So the, the actually opinions that are garnering the most attention are the most outlandish. So, so it's not even overreaction Monday or Tuesday anymore. It's overreaction every time a microphone's in your face, every time you have a single shot in the camera and you get to talk to camera, every time you're on a panel. It's who can say the most outlandish things uh, because that's going to give you the most hits. That's the media we live in. That's fine, but at the same time, I still, you know, I still have this show. I have my weekly stuff. I mean, most people, you know, don't use their platform to defend themselves. I don't think I need to defend myself from people who aren't worth spending time on. But I'm always going to give a reminder that listen to the source, you know, of some of these things, and 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 be reminded that it's often the same people in the same tired rhetoric. I was just surprised after week one there was such a you know, uh, story out there. But to let, but what's crazy to me is to let one storyline, right, by a person who has no contact with me, has zero, uh, zero relationship, to that becomes some sort of like narrative that's out there that, that now I somehow don't care about ball because, uh, because of my Zen attitude in the off season. That's the bullshit I was talking about last night. And, and I think that regardless of what happens this season or how we do moving forward, we have a tough schedule. There's going to be some ups and downs for sure. We're a team that's, you know, finding our identity slowly, as, as always happens throughout the year. But, like, the trolls are out there. I get it. But the truth and fact should not be replaced by uh, conjecture ill-founded conjecture and when it is then i'm thankful for this opportunity and for my pressers to be able to say hey look just think about who's saying these things 
Hey, that was a big fuck you. I enjoyed that. Hey, I want to let you know I enjoyed that there. Well articulated. Obviously, you did the whole thing. You did a State of the Union almost in the world we live in. But it needs to be said. And I appreciate the hell out of that. I'm sorry, AJ. Go ahead. That was awesome. That was a great question, Ty. Great Good question, Ty. Yeah. How has that changed, though, from when you got in the league till now? Has it changed? And how does it feel different from how the media is or how you guys interact with the media? It's way, it's way different age because I think all these people who are on these shows now believe they're celebrities and they believe that they have this platform to, you know, use it to say whatever the hell they want. And that's how they garner the attention. That's how they get promotions. That's how they get to be on multiple networks. That's how they, you know get their name out there and get a blue check mark and get to go to the Met ball and whatever the hell's going on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's the society we're in now. It's when I first got in the league in 2005 and you got in there in 2006, I mean, social media wasn't a thing unless you had a MySpace and it was all about who was your top five or top 10 if they expanded it, what kind of music you had in the background. And it wasn't about, you know, your social media following, your likes, your, uh, you know, how many views on a page. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's different. It's, it's all about uh, how many, uh, impressions you can have for things that you say. So what's going to, you know, it's not going to be the, you know, the relax, we're fine, this is one week, it was a dud, we're going to bounce back. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't move the needle for anybody. But you start saying some outlandish things about, you know, what I did in the off season and me wanting to be on Jeopardy and not play ball and all this other, you know, ridiculousness that Tom Fanning, you know, told me was out there. Uh, which I really didn't see myself, um, you know, I just think it's, it's, a, it's, that's the state of the media that we're in. How about Tom, by the way, Tom from MySpace? He was everybody's oh, yeah. He's a great photographer. Have you ever run into him in any of your adventures? I think he's like a world traveler photographer now, our friend Tom. Uh, no, but I'm a uh, big fan. He was one of my first friends. <laughs> Me too, man. He never responded, though. I, I, I sent him really? a couple of messages. Son of a bitch would never respond. It was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I love that you're are kind of addressing the state of the world. Can I can I talk to you about right after the national anthem, there was a flyover. Was that the biggest fighter jet you've ever seen in your life? Was that thing a 53 and a third wide? And then that moment of you and Devontae dapping each other up made me very comfortable with everything I'd been saying about the team. It felt like the team had a different vibe going into that. So just a couple questions in one there. Was that the biggest jet you've ever seen to a flyover? And what was the vibe going into the game? Felt like you all were all kind of on the same page. Like last week was just a big fuckery here. I don't know if it was the biggest jet I've ever seen do a flyover, but it was it was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. To, to not have that for a year and not have the fans and the energy. Um, there's something that always gets me, uh, regardless of how I'm feeling, physically, mentally, but intros. And it was defensive intros last night, so I didn't get to run out there. But um, the juice that you get and the electricity that goes through your body when you're introduced – it just it's it changes the whole dynamic uh, inside your body, and I think we kind of needed that uh, as a team, that energy from the crowd last night um, to kind of get us going. It wasn't that we weren't confident; it was just I think we needed to just prove to ourselves again. And, and this might sound like a, a crazy statement, but I, I do believe this. I think you need to learn how to win every single year again, and then nothing carries over from year to year. There's there's mindset, there's a culture, there's environment. I think that. The structure that's carried over, but the team is different. And I think each team needs to relearn how to win and how to deal with adversity every season. 
and we didn't do, handle it well the first week. And, and uh, yesterday we handled it well. We came in a locker room. There wasn't a freak out. I think we all kind of realized, look, we had three possessions. We scored on two of them. Let's take the lead for the first time this season. Let's play from a lead. Let's get a couple stops, and we'll be fine. And so I, I am proud of our guys uh, in that respect because I feel like we – um, we just kind of stuck together. And as far as the confidence-wise with Devontae, I mean, how do you have confidence? I told him this last night in the bench, and I really believe this. Um, as great as he was last year, and he was spectacular, I think he's a better player this year. I really do. I mean, you look at uh, – I was just watching uh, uh, the clip of his first catch of the night last night. He literally ran a stick route. He ran five yards and stopped. And I threw it to him. The back of flew over the top. And he turned up field, and nobody touched him. And he went – 12 yards after the catch. It was a 17-yard play, and I was just like, you know. And then you add on the catch that he had when I threw it super high over the middle that he made and just, you know, down the sidelines. He just makes it look so easy. And, you know, he retorted to me last night. He said, we're just getting started. And <laughs> Well, I, I think Ty Schmidt actually just, you know, <laughs> there's a little, uh, yeah, there's a little, uh, there's a little yes. frosting. That just came out over there. That was Changed great. my underwear. I, I heard Andrew Luck tell T.Y. Hilton one time, and I think I was, I was probably eavesdropping in this conversation. But the way that they liked playing football with each other, like that was something like, "Hey, I like playing football with you," and they had this incredible connection, you know. And I think Tom Brady has that with Gronk. Is that how you feel with Devontae? Like you just enjoy playing? Not that you don't with everybody else, but it, I feel like there's a special connection that comes between some of those relationships between quarterback and wide receiver. And in the end, it's like, I like playing football with you. Like, it's a lot of fun doing that. Well, how can you not? I mean, the guy makes you look great every single week. So how can you not? Um, I care so much, you know, as opposed to what was said last week. I do care so much. But I care so much about the, about the people, you know, about, about the person and not just the player. And when I see... Uh, a guy growing as a person, it, I mean, 99% of the time translates to a guy growing on the field. And Mike used to say this all the time uh, when he was in Green Bay. He used to say, your best players got to be your best people. And when you do that, you can create a culture, uh, player-led team, and, and leadership uh, in the right way, authentic leadership. And I'm as thankful as I am to, to throw it to 17 every single week, I'm just as thankful about the type of guy that he is and the way that he leads, the way he conducts himself, the type of professional that he is, uh, just his whole uh, countenance and uh, demeanor and charisma. You know, that to me is what it's all about, a superstar player who can do all those other things and, and is a good person. And, you know, for that, I'm, I'm – Obviously, really thankful for for DA. You guys are pretty good. You guys are pretty hey, good. How important is it for you guys to like each other? For teams and locker rooms to actually get along and hang out off the field and do all of that? You can't put a stat on it, but Pat and I talk all the time. Like, hey, the best teams love being around each other and hanging out on and off the field. Yeah, you know, we used to we used to say back in 2010, uh, the team that drinks together wins together. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that team, that team got after it for sure. <laughs> We hung yeah. out more than in most other other years, don't you think, that year? I 100% agree with that. And it was the personalities, though. It's, it's the, you know, you, you bring together Josh Sitton and a TJ Lang as young players, you know, Brian Balaga as a rookie, and you got the old heads, you know, Cliffy and Tausch and 
Driver and Woodson and the young up and, up and coming guys like Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and James Jones. And just the way that we all vibe together uh, was really special. Then you add the wild cards like Tom Crabtree. Uh, you know, you've got those glue guys, Howard Green, I think about, uh, BJ Raji. You know, the first half, the first yeah. Half, yeah, the first half, the way that we, we did love each other was, uh, was special. And again, because you know, age that was not our best team talent wise by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a really close knit group. Yeah, I had a quote. I mean, the team that drinks together wins together sounds a lot better than mine. I said, team comes, you get it, a lot closer together around ke- a keg than they do kale. Yeah. You know, like as the as the uh, nutritionist came into the world, it was protein shake time. I'm like, all right, I think we should just have a keg though, just one time right down yonder. I think we'll learn a lot about each other. Back just very quickly. I think we'll learn a lot about each other right over there. It's a new world though, Aaron. It's a new world now. You can't do that. It's not healthy. No, you're a big kale guy now, huh? Well, yeah, I, well I smoke kale. Can't wait to the uh, tank tops. You don't need sleeves to kick ass or what? Yeah, well, I tell you what, Aaron. I said this last night, and I'll say it again. Tank top's perfect for you. If you got a little bit of a gut, but you want to do your arms, tank top makes you look good. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks I'm in shape. I'm not. <laughs> I am sloppy, but this tank top makes me feel good. You know, just like just like Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays do. Uh, we're talking yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. Connor, your question, sir? Yeah, Aaron, what was the thought on the post-game sombrero? Because it looked electric, and will you be getting a few more for, you know, Devontae and some of the other guys on the offense? Great question. Uh... Every time that we have Monday night, uh, you know, there's ESPN Deportes and John Sutcliffe, who's worked there for a long time, has become a friend of mine. And he's also a tequila supplier for me. So it's uh, he always brings something silly, you know, with him. And and we did a post game and he had this sombrero and he wanted me to either wear it or give it to Aaron Jones or something. And I got Devontae to rock it on the way out because I was asking him to wait for me because we were so late. You know, we I was talking with Tim Boyle after the game for a long time and Gmo and 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 Jamal and by the time I got to Lisa, you know, I was like, man, I want to get in here. And then John was still there, so we did that interview and he was trying to get me to speak some Spanish, which last time I did it wasn't very great, so I, it wasn't very good. So I kind of, you know, not, my English isn't very great either, but I, I was trying to keep it to a minimum. Um, but then he brought the sombrero, then he brought some tequila, out, and it was awesome. Hey, are you doing a mustache right now? With I mean, if you go, if you go with that hair, mustache, oh, sombrero. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's go. We're winning the Super Bowl. I mean, immediately, dude. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. You know, I have a month-ish until Halloween, and this has been a year in the making for for my costume. I'm not going to give it away. Wow. But it's somebody who is a hero of mine who has you know long-ish hair. Scott Stapp, that's awesome. Uh, we're, ta- <laughs> we're talking to Aaron Rodgers here. We're talking to Aaron. Uh, and before we get to the incredible Aaron Rodgers book club that has captivated people that I would have never imagined, and those people would be the people that listen to this show. I had no idea we had readers listening. I am honored to be a part of that. Before we get to that, I would like to ask you, though, you pushed Joe Dirt last night. What if he turns around, okay, and tra- do you remember this? There was a little bit of a, a scrum. You push old buddy. I thought you were potentially going to get like a taunting call out of that thing what happens if he turns around and squares up on you are you throwing hands with joe dirt immediately in the backfield there no i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) that's not a great matchup for me so i like to uh uh you know you know i wouldn't go down uh, easy for sure i I definitely put up a, a solid solid fight but but no i think it's fun sometimes in those moments 
to to give a guy a little bit of a shove or something. They don't expect it's you. So a lot of times they'll spin around real quick and they'll see it's you. Then you laugh. It's like bringing some, you know, a little bit of humor to a tense situation. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's pushing me, so I got to push him back. And, I, you know, and there's a lot of fun moments on the field. Like sometimes you kind of give a guy a little bit extra shove and they you know, whip around real quick and they look at you like, oh, come on, man. And I'm just. And I'm like, come on, man, tell that a little bit. This is football. That guy yeah. did not turn around, by the way. You pushed him, and he just walked off. You probably saw it on Jumbotron. <laughs> I hate that guy, is what he said. And I, that's what MCDC wants over there, by the way. He doesn't want any laughing with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, you know what? I, I told him on the field, you know, I, we ran out. I think it was the first uh, possession in the game. And he was kind of eyeing me or whatever. And so I just kind of, you know, tested my flow a little bit. And you know he did say something. He gave me a nice comment about uh, about my hair. Obviously, he has one of the best you know mains in the entire game. Um, Can we say know, his real name for for God's sake? Something that Clay would be uh, would be really uh, really jealous. Fox. Of. He's the captain of the defense. Fox. What is the guy's name? No Megan Fox. Idea. Detroit I, Lions. Oh, oh Jesus! Whoa, defense. Fake fan. Fake fan. Fake fan. This guy's the captain of your team. He's that, a good player. He's a good tough. player. He's a very good player. He flies around. That hair comes flying out there. Look like Bobby Carpenter out there. Yeah, he did oh, look a little bit wishes. like old. Is that a Bobby? Yeah, do you know General Bob? You know him pretty well, right? Yeah, he's a great wedding singer. <laughs> I saw him at an event, and he grabbed that microphone a lot. I did not hear him sing, but I heard him cut about seven to eight promos that I never thought would come out of somebody's mouth in public. And he and he was forced out there by AJ, obviously, and he just went right up. That guy has zero fear. I absolutely love it. Let's get into the thing that is captivated. You know, people that I don't think would ever think that they'd be captivated in. Maybe they put their reading glasses away for decades, maybe, and you reminding them that reading is a good thing has really gone over well. Where Men Win Glory was last week's book, Pat Tillman's story, behind-the-scenes tales, and what uh, John Gower was able to do with this book is something that people are always going to be proud of. This guy writes good books, oh, and yeah. his story is an amazing one. What should we look forward to for the next week here on the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Before I get into that, I need to ask you, like, where are you getting your cliff notes from? Like, it, it, who is is somebody on the staff? One of the one of the fellas, like, putting Hi. together. I mean, you, you just you didn't actually mention anything that was written in the book, but I know the first week you didn't read The Alchemist. Um, I mean, not the whole thing, not the whole thing. So I'm sure somebody filled in some of the gaps there. You got you know the you know chasing your personal legend thing, <laughs> which is great, but. Uh, no, let me just say this, uh, since you won't answer my question. Um, I follow Paula, dude. All right. I, the Alchemist oh, yeah. has changed my life completely. I mean, I, I have the book. Look, page is still marked. I told you this. He ran his fingers slowly <laughs> over the stone. I mean, I've been getting into it. Never read a book. First time Aaron Rodgers Book Club. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Connor does read it, though, and does give me a little bit of a heads up. He was not able to finish this book yet, so I wasn't able to give you a bullshit <laughs> thing there, but we will get there eventually, and I think maybe a lot of people are doing that. What's the next book in line here? Thank you, Connor. Before I get into that, I do want to say one of the cool things about this is giving uh, people a glimpse uh, at some of my favorite books and also encouraging people to read it has uh, got the attention of those authors. So uh, follow the author of the author of the Alchemist. Like uh, you know, had a bunch of uh, tweets that, you know out about it, which is really awesome, I think. And then last week when I highlight where Men and Glory, which is you know just one of uh, a number of amazing books by Krakauer, uh, he reached out to me on social media, which was amazing. I've always been a fan of his work, and so that's like a cool 
blatant, uh, you know, benefit of this whole thing. And, and hopefully people are enjoying it. And not, look, I have a ton of books that I love, but I also have a book stack of about 30 that I want to get to. And it keeps getting added to. Every time I go to Barnes & Noble, I go, oh, I want to read this book. And this goes in a stack that keeps growing and growing and growing. So I'm not like Cure reading on. a book a week. You know, but it's Jesus. like some cool books that I think you can enjoy. So this week's book is an oldie but a goodie. He's One for a long time was on the uh, <laughs> the reading list for, I believe, uh, either late elementary or junior high. This book still stands up. I don't know why AJ's laughing. This book still stands up. Well, he said something oh. terribly toxic yeah. right in the middle yeah. of your entire thing. He snuck it in so you couldn't hear him, actually. He tried to take down not only the book Let club, him finish, man. the whole Let show. Let him finish. It's a thing. No, it's he's a, a scumbag. Yeah. You are a scumbag. We will kick you out of the Aaron Rodgers book club. <laughs> what did about. he say? What did he Nothing. say? Nothing. Get him out. I commented on the possible books that you're trying to get to. Yeah. Right. Just go. I want to hear this book. I'm. Come on. You're, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to hell. Kick, oh. Kick him out. All right. Jeez. Get him out. Just go two shot. Go two shot. Here. Go to two shot. Good. I'll sit here and watch. Go to two shot. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Mute his mic too. Smoke Jeez. my cigar without Aaron yelling at me. <laughs> what shirt are you wearing, by the way? What is oh, that? Jesus. Is <laughs> <laughs> the greatest American guitarist ever lived, bud? Okay. So I don't know where I was at. Anyway, this book was on uh, reading list when I was growing up. It still stands up. It's, in my opinion, super relatable to what we're going through as a society now. Uh, when I read it, it had a black cover. They've uh, re-released it with a new cover, but it's The Giver by Lois. Oh, oh my God! I love this book. All timer. Yeah. This one's good. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic book. Like I said, I read it. Uh, again probably for the fourth time like a year ago and it's an easy read it's like uh i think it's a little under 200 pages but it's a really uh quick easy read phenomenal book um about kind of a dystopian uh uh society and people that feel a little different uh really one person i guess in, in, in general and and his interaction with the giver who is a character in the book so it's a it's an easy read. It's a great book. Again, I usually read nonfiction, but I've now um, highlighted two out of the three, Pat, as you know, fiction fiction books. But um, The Giver by Lois Lowry, fantastic, uh, fantastic book. That's awesome. I can't thank you enough. Sorry, AJ tried to take down the whole show and the uh, book club, but I can't wait to get back into The Giver. I do believe I had to act like I read that book before, right? Oh, that yeah. is something Definitely that I've had to act like before. So I'll be able to get refreshed on that, and I will actually read it. Expectation for how long that thing should take me to read, you think? It depends. If you're, if you're doing 30 minutes a night, I think you should be able to read it in a week. Perfect. I just heard there's a movie, too. I won't watch that because the book <laughs> is always better, especially if it's in the Aaron Rodgers book club. Congrats on getting the win. Shout out to the Counting Crows. Mr. Jones is a heater. Can't wait to see what you do this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> should <I> That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. 
know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Ocup- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Two legendary Aaron's joining us on one beautiful Tuesday. Wow. Could you fathom that? Let's go. Uh, Joining us now is a former third place placer on Dancing with the Stars. Wow. Moves. You know, you got to do the tango. You got to do the whole thing. You know what I mean? You got to do the foxtrot. Yeah, you got to do it all. Mm -hmm. Former third place placer. In da- on Dancing with the Stars and NFL legend on Fox with Joe and Troy, ladies and gentlemen, EA Aaron Andrews. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! First time caller, long time listener, very annoyed it's taken this long. I'm just happy to be here on Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Andrews Tuesday. You know what I mean? Who's this sponsored by? Well, Do we know? Well, <laughs> We're, we have a sponsor. We had a sponsor. We lost the sponsor. They, they didn't necessarily love our ad read. And I would like to let you know, we're annoyed that you haven't come on in a long time either. What the hell happened? We've been sending in requests for a long time. Oh, we've been sending in requests for a long time. EA. Please. everybody said. That's what we've been saying no. this whole time. Yeah. No. Bullshit. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> haven't heard. I'd be bringing my cigars. I'd be having oh. my fake background, like AJ, all the things. I watch all these shows. Uh, well, we appreciate that. And you should have been on a long time ago because you've been doing yeah. great things for the sport of football for so long. We're thankful you're here. Uh, let's dive into <laughs> I, it. I do nothing. You do? No, you've been. <laughs> hey, you. Were, I don't. Stop it. Hey, you were at West Virginia whenever I was there. Like, I, that was like every week almost. It felt like we had a oh, Thursday yeah. night football game. And then watching you just catapult through the football, everybody loved I think you're crushing it, EA. What are you saying? You do nothing. You've been around the game longer than all of us have been. Yeah. I mean, what are we Come even on. doing? I will tell you, Pat, there's nothing like that intro before your commercial break. I mean, this broad, she's been around for years. Thank you. Thank you. And this segment sponsored by Great Moisturizer and Botox, you know? That is not. You obviously look. Do you say that to Aaron when he comes on? Do you say that to Tom Brady? You guys have been here forever. I mean, when are we getting yeah. some new blood? Yeah, we do, actually. I mean, that is something we would say to them. But it's you look like the first time I saw you in Morgantown oh, on Thursday God. night football, EA. Uh, oh, what a gal she was. She was going to Cracker Barrel. Um, 
and not working out. Herb Street would order pancakes for the table and I'd just be chowing it. Like I just thought, you know, you could keep that 18 year old body forever. And then it was like, I got to start lifting like AJ Hawk, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, you're crushing it. You always have, you always will. I like the fact that you like pancakes. I love pancakes. Oh, oh, I eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, listen, look what we're learning here. Look what we're learning here as we go. This is becoming a great. Uh, all right, so let's dive into some football, though, shall we? Let's do it. Is and there... by the way, I'm doing Thursday this week, and we have a, we have a good little uh, matchup on Sunday as well. We have that Rams-Bucks game, too. Oh. Okay, so let's talk Double about. Double duty. Okay, so let's talk about Thursday first. Let's do the Carolina okay. Panthers-Houston Texans game. Tyrod Taylor's out. He continues to yep. be the most unlucky, great quarterback uh, I, I think we've ever seen. Every situation has happened. Uh, when you talk to these teams, do they give you a lot more than they give everybody else because they like know you and they, it's a <laughs> national championship? Or are you expecting to hear nothing from all these people? What is, what is it like? It has nothing to do with me. I'm also on these calls with Troy and Joe, who everybody loves. Half the time, Joe's like teeing off somewhere. He's like, hold on, guys, let me finish this. But uh, <laughs> everybody loves it. And uh, no, they're, they're always so wonderful to us. It's kind of a bummer because we don't really see, obviously, the Texans or the Panthers very much. Um, we just get them on Thursday night. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Coach Rule. And uh, I actually had texted Herbie last year because I was like, I've been away from college for a while. What's he like? Are we into it? But Everybody's really good with us. I mean, you know, you're a former player, athlete, D1. Um, you yeah, know what it's like when, yeah. the, when Troy and Joe come to town, you just want to lay it all out there, right? I mean, you guys never talked to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean I, I, even, I did on the sidelines. I love By special the teams. That. They're my people on the, on the field. I always talk to them. Very nice. Because they're you. always like, hey, can you move your ass over? I'm trying to practice or I'm trying to warm up here. And I'm like, in the way. My light guy's in the way. My, my monitor guy's like, shit. Like, you know, come the, on, move. Yeah, it's not you. It's not you. It's everybody. It's the, the lighting person, the camera person. Yeah. Then there's a PA, I believe, that's yeah, going oh, yeah. there. And I'm like, hey, will you get the fuck out of that? I, mean, I understand. My makeup girl, who's really good looking, and all the guys are like, here, just um, can I move you over to the side? And then they casually move her over. But me, they're like, EA, move your ass over. We're good. No, no. See, listen, I don't know who's doing that. We need to kick their asses. Eh? <laughs> but it is the PA, the can the light person. It's like, hey, I need to kick a ball here. And they're like, oh, we got yeah. shot. We got a shot. I'm like, ah, okay. I fucking hate you. But you're allowed to say that, I guess, because you're with TV. But um, who do you think? Okay, so David Mills? Davis. Yeah, Davis. Davis. Davis Sills? Mills. Da Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. David Stills. David Mills. I said, I said Tyler Heineke this week, and I felt so freaking bad. So I'm not messing this kid's up name up this week. I felt, and here's the thing. This is the worst. We love social media. T's and P's to social media. Um, you know, I thought I came off the game. I'm like, yeah, I didn't get on very much, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but my one hit I had where Joe Judge was like, I'm not interested in talking to you. Let's try to figure this out here in the second half. Um, I, I said Tyler Heineke, and I was like, yeah, I had a good game. Great. Looked at Twitter, and I was like, Nah, the whole yeah. night was ruined, chest pains, I felt terrible, I want to give the kid a public apology, T's and P's to Taylor Heineke, not Tyler. Yeah, well, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's maybe the next Fitz Magic. Mm -hmm. Like, he might yeah, actually yeah. be. So I think you're going to potentially have a long time to build yeah, that relationship. Yeah, to apologize. Hey, yep, you, you hate social media, huh? You hate social media. It sounded like, that's what it sounded like right there. You hate it. 
I don't watch it after doing a game because I don't need to hear about my nose looking like a bird. I don't need to hear about oh. my voice, you know, sounding like nails on a chalkboard. And sometimes, as you guys know, you can have a lot of fun with it. Other times you could have a few drinks and then wake up the next morning and be like, oh, God, did I write anything? And you didn't. And you're so glad. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's good and bad, right? There's times that it's fabulous and you can go after the guy with a cat avatar that's talking about how you know, lame you are, and you're like, well, how's your mom doing? Go upstairs and ask her. Oh! Like, things like... Yeah! I mean, that was a full hot time! Yeah! Cat Avi guy. Take a hike, dude. Why don't you just mute these people? It has to be the same people every week for you. It has to be. You should just mute them. Get them out of your life forever. Oh, no. It's fun. It's, it's a good time. But after a game, when you screw up a quarterback's name, you're like, oh, damn. Okay, is that biggest fear? For you, what is biggest fear whenever you're on air out there? Dropping an F bomb. Have you? Cussing. Have you ever? Uh, no. Oh my God. Now I will. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, social media, go to social media after you drop a fuck on TV. <laughs> they will love you. I mean, that'll be those that, that cat Avi will be like, hey, EA is uh, one of us out there. That'd be yeah. Like, yeah. No, um, that are just, I mean, I have blanked out before. You're just like, what have I, what was I talking about? Um, or just saying something really, which I've probably done forever, dumb in front of an athlete. So I think those are, I mean, no pressure. You know, I only get 15 seconds. If anybody else screws up, they get a good three, four hours to clear it up. I got 15 seconds and I'm like, God, yeah. what? I've been working all week for that. Yeah. Hey, hey, by the way, that's like punting. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go out there. I'll <laughs> shank. Point. Yeah, I'll go out there and I'll shank one. I got to sit on that for two hours. It's like, all right, can we at least get another chance at this thing, or is my life over? Oh, but we won the game, so everybody's supposed to be happy. I mean, I'm happy, but I shanked one three hours ago. I was never able to fix it. It's a tough thing. It's a tough balance. You got to be mentally tough out there. Is there anything that you've? But said? then I'm there on the sidelines to talk to you right when you come back. Like, good job. Yeah, it's okay. Right. Yeah, get you're your... not saying anything bad on Twitter. I yeah. promise. Yeah, get your PA guy the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out why that just happened, EA. Um, have you ever said anything you're not supposed to say? Like, because I did sideline reporting for uh, the Boca Bowl and uh, <laughs> the first awesome. XFL. Game. It was impossible. I have no idea how you guys do it. Honestly, I have no clue how you do it. That was very difficult. That was one thing that I don't think I'll ever be able to do. I, but I was hearing stuff. Like, I had a couple of friends that were in the coaching staffs, the Boca Bowl yeah. and the XFL, and I was hearing stuff, and they were literally like, hey, Pat, look for this. Like, this is about to happen. And I would just go yeah. right to the mic. Hey, listen to this. <laughs> this guy's about to go. There's like a code, right? There's things you can't say. Have you ever let something out that you're not supposed to say? And has anybody ever, like, gotten mad at you for that? No, I mean, again, thanks so much for jinxing it. I Jesus. We're told things all the time, which I'm so grateful for that athletes are so good to us and like give us things to look for. You don't want to burn anyone. Um, so, no, I haven't done that. I think the big transition with football versus those West Virginia games was I was allowed to repeat everything I heard on the sidelines in college. I mean, some of my best huddles I ever you know, got to hear were John Calipari, Tom Izzo. That's obviously when I worked basketball. I know you know that. But um, of course. You know, Cal, yeah, Cal of course. was so amazing. He would look at me like because he would see me standing there because you could be right in it and he would look at me and go EA come listen to this this is going to be good so I'm like okay oh, and you know nice. it would be awesome but NFL as you know is different you have to kind of paraphrase what they're saying but no I mean I think burning guys and the information they tell us it's just not worth it that's why you have the uh, glazers and the shefties and all that kind of stuff out there doing the dirty work I am not interested at all Hashtag Jay knew. Any of that. Hashtag Jay knew. <laughs> That's one Jay of our knew. things. Jay Glazer always knows. Yeah. 
Jay he Gla- does. And, and listen, and that's what Troy says all the time. Unless Jay Glazer's reporting it, I'm not believing it. I think it was like week two of a season that after Harbaugh, he was going to get fired or leave the next year from 49ers. And Jay Glazer was reporting it week two. And I remember we were all meeting in the lobby to go to the game. And t- or Troy just said, God, he's already re- reporting this. This is happening. So, yeah. Glaze, uh, Glaze is unbelievable with all his uh, texts and messages and info he gets. I don't remember. His head's like radiating. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's also because all he does is just eat iron over yeah, there in the unbreakable true. gym. I forget. I don't know if we've, we've said this publicly, I think. Draft day, we had to sit on the yeah. Aaron Rodgers shit for like oh, four hours imagine. because Jay knew. Jay literally yeah. called me during a commercial break of my show on draft day. And he was like, what's up with your guy? And I was like who's my guy? He was like, Aaron. I was like, wow, I don't know. He's like, something big's coming. I'm hearing something big's going on right now. And I'm like, Jay, what are you talking about? I'm live right now. He's like, something's coming. And then he just hangs up on me. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? And then four hours later, it was like, "Ah, there's all hell has broken loose. Like whenever you guys cover games, so this, I wasn't going to ask you about this, but it kind of led to this because I asked Peyton about this last night. My first question to Peyton was literally like, could you imagine having no say in anything like Aaron did for so long? Like he would not have, that would not have happened with him. And he said, yeah, he no. when you guys go, is it a hard balance of like not pissing off like the GM's narrative and also the player's narrative, the organization and things like that? Has that ever become like something that's tough to do? And the way you, I mean, Joe and Troy are so good and you're electric every single time you get in there. But is that something you guys talk about? about is that something you guys chat about or no no I don't think so at all I mean listen it's a fair question and I I look at week one right you know we had this interview with Aaron and um and I didn't get the exclusive let's be honest I wanted to tweet that I think Andrew Marchand and I can't make that guy happy he's just pissed at me you know all the time but I think he hates me too I think he does I think he hates me too he he like called I guess Joe said on Saturday night for Yankees Mets that I had the you know exclusive sit down with Aaron Rodgers and Marchand tweeted well you know she didn't because Pat McAfee has it every two we got it I, know. I didn't hear that, by the way. Oh, we didn't hear that. We didn't nope, even no. hear that over here. We Here's apologize. me. I was about to retweet. And I, I get it, Andrew. I know I can't do anything that's good enough to be on these sidelines. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, you know, a sensitive point for me at all. Hey, mute anyway. him. Mute him. What are we even oh, doing? Mute him, EA. Get him no, out. No, but it's just like you can't even, you know, sit down with the guy. We get it. He has Tuesdays with you. But just thinking about that point, oh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the question that <laughs> Packers management, I, I, you know, I, I was asking about Packers management and then, you know, asking Aaron follow-up questions. That I'm sure they weren't happy about it, but it's also like we're not there for them. We're not – we're just there to deliver, I think, the news and the facts to – the viewers at home. So we don't really go in with any sort of like fears about that. Anybody? Now there is like, listen, yeah. if there is like draw, I don't know, maybe with a coaching staff, you don't want to harp on anything where it would make things uncomfortable in terms of like dealing with them in the next couple of weeks. If you kind of know the inside information, we're going to be like, yeah, touch on it, but not something where you're drilling at home and you're making it a point of something. Um, I, I think we're pretty fair about that on our crew. And I think you guys do a good job of uh, displaying the game as like a celebration, you know, like positive, as opposed to picking out all the negatives. Because I assume if you were to talk about any of that negative stuff, that would do numbers on the Internet. It'd be huge. But instead of resisting it, resisting the urge of those clicks and keeping it like a celebration, I think is something that your crew does very well, if it means anything at all. And 
We didn't see any of that. Mm. And I want to let you know, we were excited to watch you chit-chat with him, by the way. So I, I just just know that we live in our own world over here. We mute everybody. Yep. I mean, yeah. We just got a blinder, Johnny. That's all we got. <laughs> we just go ahead and stay straight ahead. Your interview was fantastic. We appreciate I it. I tried to take a cue out of your book. I wore a tank top. Um, you know, I, I, I've told him before, you know, I just how I, I do. I watch your show all the time. I love it. I think you get the best of people. I was telling Peter Schrager, I know a fan of yours, um, that I was coming on the show and I was kind of nervous. And he was like, why? And I said, Pat's like the Andy Cohen of sports. Like he gets you to say shit. I'm not drunk while I'm doing this. I was drinking on Andy's, Andy's show when I did it. But I was like, he just gets you to say the things that everybody wants to hear. And, uh, you know, Andy goes right in there with some of these questions. But um, no, that's the real Housewives guy. That's the real Housewives guy. The guy that he's real rich, rich, smart yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he created that whole thing, right? Didn't, isn't that Bravo, his thing? Yes. He, he created that uh-huh. whole thing. Genius. Hey, respect, Genius. respect to that guy. I'm respect. nothing like him, by the way. <laughs> no, Genius. but you kind of are the sports world where you you make everybody feel comfortable. You get, you know, you ask the questions that people are afraid to, and you get to the gossip of it all. And I told Aaron, I said, I've watched the show so many times, especially when I prep for interviews with him. And I'm jealous. I feel like you are able to say whatever the heck you want. I would love to be uncensored like this. Can you imagine Joe Troy, Aaron, and Tom Rinaldi on the sidelines uncensored? Oh, awesome. Unbelievable. The NFL would never. I mean, let it Tom eat. Rinaldi would still make us cry, but <laughs> yeah. it would be unbelievable. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing. We've been asking for that type of coverage for the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to push for you guys to do it. We're trying to push for you guys to do it. But uh, I think the reason why is anybody that talks to me knows that they're talking to somebody dumber than them, right? And I, Stop like, it. no, that's real. Like, hey, anything that I'm about to say to this idiot, he has done something worse and dumber. So they just kind of <laughs> let it eat. So your intelligence and success is to your detriment in this particular case. But uh, this is something I don't know how long it'll last. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Aaron, we've seen, we've all seen like the super viral clips, whether it's like Saban or Popovich or whoever that kind of dunk on like a reporter. You've had so many interactions with like coaches and players. Are there any guys who like after the fact you've been like, oh, wow, fuck this asshole, like for, you know, showing me up or whatever? Or is it something where you've been in this long enough time, like you understand like, okay, I just have to have thick skin, like this kind of stuff's going to happen. I know I have to have thick skin, but I'm also, I mean, you can't tell it all I'm sensitive. Um, Yeah, I just, you know what I think the thing is for me is I just want them to respect me and know that I work my ass off and I'm studying and I'm not trying to ask dumb questions. Look, I panic, I sweat every time I have to grab Bill Belichick at halftime. And, you know, there's a couple of times I've just been like, Oh crap, crap. But I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband about it and he had a really, really hard, tough coach. One of the toughest coaches in the NHL, Daryl Sutter. I don't know if you know anything about the Sutter brothers. I know it's Canadian, but Pat, you would love these guys, but he is We're just talking about fucking tough. sticks on pocket. Come on. Now we are. When it, it comes to the football field, like they are so tough, they are so hard, but off the field, super great. But yeah, there's been a couple of guys. I mean, listen, when I first interviewed Nick Saban, I used to be at arm's length from him because I was so intimidated. I was so scared. I didn't want to piss him off. Now I'm going to name my firstborn Saban. And this is coming from a Florida Gator. Here's one of my pom-poms. Um, because I, that guy is just a god. And he, I am into him. Yeah. So... Um, I also dig it, though, like how tough they are. I think that's awesome. Like, I want to crack it, you know? Yeah, but they also appreciate, like, if you come with any type of 
confidence. Firing. Yeah, like if you're scared at all, it's like, um, I feel like with a lot of those people, it's almost like a pit bull, right? If a pit bull oh, yeah. senses that you're scared at all, it's a completely different game between you and the dog. If, if you're not scared at all, it's a different, I think a lot of those, you know, in my experience now being the punter, Hey, I'm much lower than you on the totem pole, but whenever I come talk to them, those, I am. Yeah, your PA is standing in front of my fucking neck <laughs> on third and long, okay? And now I'm being told that I'm not allowed to speak to it, but I think if you just come in, like, if you just come in with confidence, I appreciate that, and I think that's why you crush it every time, because although it sounds like you are you do say you have a little panic attacks or whatever, it, it never comes across on television is that way. But the panic attacks are what hype me up. There's They are what, like, as psycho as that sounds, like, I am full-blown shaking before a first hit, and I've done this, as you guys so kindly pointed out, for 100 years. But, I, you know, I am shaking. Like, I have got to get this first one. This is a good story. And this is about your boy. It has not been a hundred years, by the way. Fresh (laughs) into the TV game. Aaron Andrews, brand new, first time, rising star (laughs) in this entire thing. I'm sorry, go ahead, though. No, no, no. So it was probably my second or third year I was with Joe and Troy. And stop me if you've heard this before, but Aaron had a a calf injury, Aaron Rogers. And uh, we got it. You got a calf. You need to stretch those things, you know? So um, I, my first hit was about the calf. It's cold, blah, blah, blah. We're doing a rehearsal. And I was just effing up this whole thing about this damn calf that we've all heard about before. And I say, you know, we joke about it, but I'm screwing up in the rehearsal. And finally, my producer goes, will you get your phone? And I said, why? And he goes, Joe's trying to call you. And I was like, well, why can't he just talk to me? So I picked up the phone and I was like, hello. And he goes, will you stop? And I said, what? And he goes, will you fucking stop and i said what and he goes it's a calf injury you got this you are not performing brain surgery will you just get it out oh. i was like you're so right but yeah you know but i also think that's what makes me love this thing so much is that you geek yourself up so much you just want to do a good job and stay out of the punter's way well no no get in the punter's way do what you got to do cover the game we need the money from the coverage much more than we need to punt mm-hmm. that one particular rep but i think that thing about the butterflies is good right i mean you still i do too yeah i think that's a good thing i think i still get <laughs> that i'm not somebody that gets nervous much i am rather comfortable in almost every situation but that energy that excitement that kind of happens right before something big it happens in here when i'll come into this show if i know like today for instance we have fucking aaron andrews on yeah. show. Yeah. Well, I had, you know what I mean? I, today was one of those days, so I hope you have that forever. And uh, we've all been very lucky to watch your work, EA. We appreciate you so much. I love you. I appreciate it. Can we uh, Can we do this more often? Hey, you tell us, dude. Hey, that is on, that is your, we've been asking to get for so long, for not that many years, because honestly, we didn't know you existed until what, like a year ago, (laughs) but since you came into the thing, I mean, we've been trying our best, I mean, that's what we've been trying to do, but yeah, we would love that, we'd love that if that was possible. We could get into some real good gossip, you know, in the next couple weeks, all the tea, that's what the kids say. Yeah, and then I become actual Andy Cohen. Ooh. Now we're playing a game, uh, ladies and gentlemen. NFL. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now that's a German thing. I don't know if Andy Cohen stole that, but I, I do. <laughs> the, the, the big old oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You ever miss one? Oh, I have. man. Everybody just dumps ski on the head. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Shotski? Yeah. I missed my smoothie today and had to change my shirt at the last minute. I had greens all over, you know? Get your greens in. See, that's something I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I learned something today that you yeah, are you, look great. you are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, NFL <laughs> legend Aaron Andrews. Thank yeah! you. Don't start to interrupt, but uh, don't get stuck doing the same workouts, okay?
Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjust to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. FitBot is a beautiful thing because they, you know, calculate that you could be different than everybody else because guess what? You are different than everybody else. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. No equipment, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but FitBod is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBod today, and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me forward slash pat. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E forward slash P-A-T. 25% off at fitbod.me forward slash pat. This is really cool, really awesome. Now's the time to get into shape with our friends at FitBod. Speaking of culture, the NFL is upping the amount of international players they're hoping for by making it a much easier process. They're having a European combine, a Mexican combine, and then if you perform well enough at those, you'll be come to America and go through an entire process. Tom Pelissero, the arrow, who read this directly from a memo (laughs) and then was able to put it up on Twitter quicker than everybody else. The man is a machine, Mm -hmm. an actual robot, maybe even a... Cyborg. Yeah. Oh. Cyberlinked in. Yeah, Cyberlinked in. Neuralink. Computer. Neuralink. There it is from the NFL. Tom Pelissero is reporting the NFL International Combine will take place on October 12th at London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Hey-oh. Hey, let's go, Spurs. Hey, come on, you Spurs. Hey, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. With select players advancing to train in the U.S. and potentially being allocated to NFL teams for the 2022 season, another combine will be held later in October in Mexico. This is a massive part of the NFL's worldwide growth, is getting players from all the co- every country basically we got a Chilean tight end obviously this is a picture of Bjorn Vanna yeah. <laughs> of Germany who left his high school and came over here and lived with somebody I mean it has become a process in a lot of people's dreams around the world the NFL is trying to make it easier because the NFL knows the more international players you have the more fans internationally you yeah. have ah. you see and that is what we are trying to accomplish Australia is becoming an absolute breeding ground for punters and now can everywhere kind of start becoming that that's what the NFL hopes get some players in there get some dreams come true get some hopes get some opportunities then you start getting little smaller camps maybe in these countries and then the game grows and all of a sudden soccer is the number two sport in all those other sport, uh, yep. those other countries that's, right. Damn right. that's what's probably going to happen it's just oh, another yeah. Olympic sport for us to dominate bingo and then we also have football in the Olympics yep. and mm-hmm. we're going over to Barcelona and we're saying, Ooh. hey, is Messi here? Messi isn't here. Barcelona now loses. I yep. mean, that is just, mm-hmm. that is what the NFL will do. Isn't that right, Gump? Oh, he's being uh, in there. No, I wonder no, if Harry no, Kane no. will be kicking footballs at, at Tottenham Hotspur. He said State. something he's thinking about doing right in the future That'd or whatever. Sweet. Not every soccer player can just jump over to kicking footballs, though. No. I would like that to be known. And I, I am tired of the disrespect from the soccer community. This guy can come kick balls, blah, blah, blah. He can't. Yeah. And if he could, he would when he retires because mm-hmm. they're paying good and you don't have to do much. Now, there are, there are some soccer players that transition very easily into the game. Okay, I was very... 
I, my swing was a very natural fit for the football, but I've seen plenty of great soccer players with big legs not be able to kick a football at all. And maybe they'll be able to work at it and get there. If you have leg speed, I guess you have a chance. But that's two different swings now. Talking about a round, a round ball instead of an oblong. Exactly. Oh, okay. We're talking about a sweet spot that's about that big versus a sweet spot that's about that big. I mean, you're talking about two different games here. Two mm-hmm. different two different styles of life, too. If you're Pressure's on Bjorn as well. He better start fucking coaching his ass off because his guy's got a chance now. And if they don't make it, it's on him. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's look himself in the mirror every, every morning. That's yeah, he right. needs to go. Ein for me. Mm. Nine for no. Put the paddle down. Yeah, that's right. Let him know over there in Germany. We need some more players. Joining us now is an American from Ohio, although a lot of people in Ohio will have a lot of questions about this man potentially missing five of his last eight days of work. Wow. Yeah, that's a but ridiculous. Had to serve America here this week, mm-hmm. so sure, I guess we kind of understand how this goes. Ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, and Ryder Cup participant, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, A.J. What's going on, What's up, guys? Hey, uh, oh, I was talking to some Ohio people. Hey, good job with Peyton and Eli, by the way. Honestly, I don't know if you've talked about it. I thought it was great. You were very entertaining for everybody, I think. Thank you so much. Uh, It was not easy. You know, the tech thing, I think we experience it every day. You experience it much more than I do, obviously, because you're the only one that's out Mm -hmm. of the room and everybody's in the room. So it can be a little bit difficult. But you had to come in there with, you know, you have to come in there, I think, and then get out and then come in. There was a couple awkward moments, but they just let me play the hits in there. So I had a great time, AJ. I appreciate you. Did you watch the last night or this morning? No, I actually watched it live. The, the game went, like the first half, I feel like, went pretty quick. So I'm yeah. like, all right, Pat's going to be on here before I know it. And it was still decently late. But once you started, you were on there so long, I wasn't going to just all of a sudden turn off and go to bed halfway through. I was struggling. And to be honest, the only way I made it through was my Celsius energy drink. Shout and out. Uh, Jordan oh, yeah. Manning cast was amazing, but it was tough to stay up until the fourth quarter. Our friends at Celsius Energy saw that and knew they had to help me out for Aaron Rodgers Tuesday today, and they definitely are. Hell yeah. yeah. The turnaround was too quick to set up a Celsius promo code for you all, but that just means it's the perfect time to remind you that they also brought us the amazingly delicious fast protein bars. They have two great flavors, the salted caramel peanut crunch, which oh, is yeah. oh, delicious, delicious. Oh, yeah. and white chocolate cookies and cream 20 grams of protein less than two grams of sugar low carb and for a limited time when you go to amazon.com at the link in the description of this youtube.com forward slash pat mcafee show video and use promo code 20 start fast that's two zero start fast you get 20 percent off your order this offer will expire soon so get your fast I mean, they're fucking unbelievable. Are they calling them protein bars? They yeah. are calling them. They're not protein no. bars. They're candy Snicks. bars. Yeah. They're unbelievably. And AJ, I think you even ruined a couple of these when you were yeah. in the office, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I, I ate a few of them, yes. Well, yeah, but then you left yeah. the wrapper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crumbs. Yeah. Crumbs yeah. all over your desk. Yeah. That's it, not true. It's First a, off, it's bring actually, a trash can in that studio, bud, too. There needs to be a trash can. There's there. one right, right there. Right. And Clown. right outside. Yeah. Open your eyes. I mean, unbelievable. But what you won't throw into that trash can is anything that resembles the fast protein bars because mm-hmm. once you see how soft and delicious they are you're, they're not supposed to be that delightful as they are go to amazon.com link in our description and use 20 start fast for 20% off your order right now it expires soon shout out to Celsius I mean they did bring me alive last night I do appreciate that what's the shirt you're wearing there pal oh boy what am I wearing today oh this guy that's an you know, old American guitarist you know what's his name Oh, this this is actually my Chuck Berry shirt. I have a couple other old musicians. This one's Chuck Berry. <laughs> is there any reason for the Chuck Berry shirt, or is just no, you I've like had his a few, music? I mean, I've had a lot of different artists. I have different shirts on those. I don't always wear them on the show, but this one just happened to come up today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just happened. To. Yeah, it just so happened. I, I mean, we haven't talked about Chuck Berry in in some time, yeah, months. And AJ yeah. was pissed. AJ was so mad. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> it wasn't like by design. It just happened. Oh, oh yeah, shit, I do. You happened to show up. Someone placed. You, dude, you got a hot topic. You, you, dude, you <laughs> shop like a twelve-year-old. How, how do you have a Chuck Berry shirt? Come on, ready to go. I have two. Well, of course, you yeah. Do. yeah. Of course, you do. All right, let's get to it. Last night, Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, can you change your shirt? I mean, how? <laughs> this is absurd. Done with this shit, Hawk. And his guitar, like, if you actually look like, it kind of looks like it's... It oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I just like his music. Yeah, like, of I course. can't kiss you, baby. Yeah, he's creative, obviously. Um, last night, Aaron Rodgers came all the way back. And he said last week, everybody needs to relax. He was getting attacked for being too calm, too relaxed, too comfortable. On our interview, I actually told him, like, hey, people are going to be mad that you're not, what, sweating and yelling right now after that loss to the Saints 38-3 opening week, especially with how the offseason was. And he basically just said, hey, we got 16 more games. Everybody needs to chill out. We've had a couple of these, all right, and then we always bounce back. They did in a large way. Defense got some big stops, although there was some key mistakes as well, and I don't know what the Lions team is in the end, but it felt like Aaron in that offense was rolling AJ Hawk. I mean that throw to Tanya that you saw Ooh. Peyton, you know, Peyton almost fell out of his chair. That was like when especially when you watch the replay, it's great coverage by the backer, but it's true if your head's turned the quarterback that is as good as Aaron's like, oh he's open. He's not looking at me or the ball so I can sneak this thing right over his shoulder. But man, yeah, he looked like he was just dialed in from the jump. I wasn't sure if their defense would hold up for four quarters, but I think they played much better in the second half. I think so, too, and that's because Matt LaFleur got the boys fired up. He told uh, Matt LaFleur told Joe Barry, allegedly, he said, hey, get pressure on golf or drop back into coverage, and Joe Barry said, that fires me up. <laughs> and then uh, the second half, the defense played a lot better. That did, allegedly, they both, did they both say this happened? Some, some beat reporter tweeted it after the game, yeah. Yeah, so allegedly this did happen. Who knows if that's exactly how it went, but I like the fact that Joe Barry's getting fired up because Matt LaFleur's like, hey, you're going to have to fucking do something. Like, ah, that fires me yeah. up. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going to start calling a better game. You know what I mean? But did they really, did, do you really think LaFleur said, hey, either, either dial up some pressure or drop into coverage, Okay, as opposed to what? That's what we're already doing is one of those. Well, I wonder if LaFleur just looked at him and goes, are we even trying? Are yeah. we even trying? I wonder if that's what LaFleur did. You know, LaFleur, some FaceTime on him last night with the intentional grounding yeah. and then the celebration and the crowd yeah. ramping up the, the crowd. The watch, the yellow banded watch is nice. Okay. What? All right. what is that supposed I mean, to mean? No, I, I, mean, I mean nothing. I, there's no inside joke. I'm just saying he wears that watch with the sweet yellow band. I, I don't see other coaches. I, do you, does it have to be a Nike? I'm wondering if it has to be licensed or something. Okay, he has great swag. I think he's he what you, are you are First you, off, you guys are diving way. The, I don't, everything I say doesn't have 14. Like, well, there's no way you're going to mention his watch. Yeah, I mean, no. It had to be a I reason. Because other coaches don't wear them. You're wearing a Chuck Berry t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's hard. It's hard to take you serious. But I, it was it was great. No more jokes for me. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know if that's real or not, what you just said. That, that's I told you it was. You told us what is real. Come on, man. Football. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget this guy bet on the Lions last night. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah. ah, 10-4. Yeah, Hands up. I'm 10 and 4. I know. Hey, you were right, man. With the, the cover, I know you were worried about it for a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was there was a bet that I didn't mind making because I'm like, okay, cool. They 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 covered. I want the Packers do to do well. I am very biased in this situation, so I was okay losing that one. That's smart. People have been telling Foxy to do that for a long time. Just bet on the other team against the Lions, and then if the Lions win, wow, celebration. And if the other team wins, Ah, I'm making money off this. It's classic fan betting. And, you know, some people say that it's 
you know, hypocritical because you're kind of putting in the universe that you want the other team to win. So are you actually a fan? But really, I feel like you're just a smart degenerate in that entire thing. You you ended the weekend 10-4. and four. I think you should be pretty proud going into week two, especially going into the Ryder Cup. Now, have we learned anything else? Is this going to be on TV? Are we going to be able to watch you play golf against the Euros, as you call them, just European human beings over there? No, I don't. I don't think any of it is going to be on any kind of TV or streaming or whatever. It's it's, it's just going to be there for the people there, I guess. And then, but they are. They did say I think they're going to have people. They'll give me like the, any videos or photography they take of me, so I can use that. I'm sure Sweet. I'll be posting all all the time. You know that. Yeah, you're a big poster, big social media guy, especially with your new influencer T-shirt of Chuck Berry there. Right. Uh, Packers. This is going to be. Something we're just going to see going forward, you think? Yeah, yeah I believe so. This you hope, but Niners next, right? Yeah, tough game. Uh-huh. Sunday Night Football. That'll be good. We'll In see who they are, San I think, Francisco, a little bit. San Francisco, Sunday Night Football. Is it the last time they played them, that MC Championship game, where they gave no. up 183 yards? They played them last year with sure. COVID on a Thursday night. The Niners had like nine guys go out with COVID, and the Packers routed them. In but Green Bay or in no, San Francisco? No, it was in San Francisco. How come they're going out to San Fran so much, you think? What's that all about? I don't know. The two previous times were because the Niners were the number one seed. But. That's fascinating because we always had to go up to the fucking New England there with Peyton oh, whenever yeah. at the towards the end, we always had to go up to New England, had to go up to New England every single year. I wonder if it's because the Niners and the Packers are so high, the schedule makers are like, let's do this thing. It's in where Santa Clara yep. and the Niners are fully healthy right now. No, they got no, a lot of injuries. They are back. decimated running Their back. top three running backs. I think uh, Mostert's out for the year with that knee injury. Their next two guys, Sermon got concussion. Uh, Mitchell has a knee injury, I believe. Their and secondary's now, banged up. Yeah, secondary's banged up. They signed this dude off the Bengals practice squad, though. Look out. Okay, so this is a good test for the Green Bay Packers team. I think this is uh, – and I don't think they're going to know what they're going to be until like week seven, week eight maybe. You know what I mean? I don't think any team really has any idea right now. But these are good things for you to – rely on and to turn back and look at later in the season. They, them being able to bounce back from 38-3 to doing what they did on Monday Night Football, they'll be able to talk about that later if they have another unfortunate loss. Like, hey, this happens, let's keep it going. That's why that steady you know, mindset of, of your quarterback is paramount, although everybody seemed to hate it just last week. I can't wait to see what he's like today, AJ. Well, I, I think he'll be uh, you know, just as he, he always is today, win or lose, but you know that mindset. If you do freak out and panic and get on the roller coaster, that is an NFL season. That's like contagious. Then everybody around you starts panicking. Like, oh wait, some young guy. Like oh, my my position coach is freaking out, saying coach, the head coach is going to kill him. So then it just has a trickle down effect to everybody, and it's true. Like it's a long year, man. You can't do that. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's two different ways to look at it. There's some teams that celebrate obviously heavy, and then if you celebrate heavy, then what does that mean? You have to do when you lose, right? That means you have to equally take it as hard because if a win in a regular season week two or week three gives you enough empowers you enough to celebrate like in a massive way then it all also carries enough weight to devastate you then right potentially and i you know as a young guy we overreact now on monday when i was younger i used to live and die with literally every punt that i had it was like because i didn't know if i was going to continue to be on the team or not so literally every punt i kind of lived and died with it and then once you start to watch what other people like jim caldwell and peyton manning dallas clark uh gary brackett jeff saturday robert mathis freeing all these people once you see them kind of set the tone like Hey, relax, dude. Like, you're going to have another one. And if it's good, great. And if it stinks, get it next time. It's like that type of mentality was kind of through the entire building. And it's just like that type of culture, I think, is the winning culture. But every team's trying to get there. And can you get there without excitement, without that whole thing? I'm not 100% sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't. I mean, there's 
you can definitely like you should celebrate every win. They always talk about how hard it is to win a game in the NFL, and if you're on a winning team and you you beat a team that you were favored by 14 or something afterwards, like hey, your coach is gonna. It's tough to win a game in the NFL. You know that, guys. Don't we don't take any of these for granted, but they do because then the next second he's like, all right, flush this one. We're on to the next one. We have a big one next week, and. and Okay, we celebrated for about 12 seconds. I love the classic, like, we have 24 hours. Yeah. All right, celebrate this one, and then I don't want to hear about it ever again. <laughs> no. And, like, the, that 24 hours is not 24 hours, by the way. That 24 hours is until you fall asleep tonight. And then the next morning, we don't want to fucking hear about it, by the way. Like, you come into the facility on Monday, and for us, Tuesdays was our off day. Monday was, like, come in, there's some film, maybe some treatment and stuff like that. There was some reminiscing of stories from the game, and you learn some stuff, and it's a cool day. But as soon as it becomes, like, meeting time or anything, it's like, all right, that fucking stunk. None of that matters. This is what we got to do. Did you hear what Bruce Arians said at halftime? Um, going into halftime this past weekend. They were up, what, 21-14, I think, over Atlanta, going into halftime. And Bruce Arians was caught by the Bucks radio network going into half. They're up seven against a divisional opponent and have looked good. This is what Bruce Arians said going into halftime of that game. Well, Coach, I know they got the three there at the end of the half. What are you happiest with, especially on offense? Not a damn thing. I'm not happy about a damn thing. We turned the ball over. This should be at 35-point game by half right now. We're not happy about shit. Defensively, what are you going to build on in the second half, Nothing. Coach? Nothing. Too many damn penalties. Same thing right there. Too many penalties. There you go. That's Mondays. That's Mondays <laughs> for almost every coach that wins. He was just doing that at halftime. I would have loved to hear what he said at halftime. It probably sounded a lot like that sound. We ain't happy about shit, he said on that radio network. Imagine if he saw guys smiling, like walking in and they were smiling or something. He'd freak out. Oh, fucking personal foul Jeff. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like that type of stuff is – that's what coaches are great at, by the way. And that's why I think like Bill Belichick – has been so successful. We saw it out of Saban, obviously. He was able to do it with his team whenever they're going into the FCS. This team's this, 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 and this. The ability to make sure that the team doesn't get too high on the highs or too low on the lows, too, on the other side. Like, hey, we got to lift them up. Lost to a good team. We got unlucky. Like, those types of things happen. Managing the mental state of your team is a massively important role to everybody. And I think if you have a quarterback that is just like, always like this, I think that helps out the coach immensely in the floor. Oh, it has to because you don't have to sit there and worry about your quarterback. Hey, uh, like walk into your first staff meeting after a game where you lost and the QB threw a, a pick that, uh, you know, lost it for his team. Like, oh, how's old Billy today? Like, oh, you know, head case. We, we're probably – we're not going to get him back mentally till Thursday this week, so good luck game plan. <laughs> all like, right, that so, can happen. All right, so we'll move. We'll move practice schedule to Thursday. You think Thursday? What about Wednesday? Anything on anything on Wednesday? We'll just do uh, conditioning on Wednesday, a little strength. And yeah, he might be gone Thursday too. I mean, that was a bad pick. I talked to him last night, and he literally said, uh, "I want to go run in front of a train." So we're gonna have to wait for that a little bit. We're gonna have to wait for that a little bit. But that's real, man. That is a very real thing. Think how stressful that job is as a as a quarterback of an NFL team. Like, if you truly think about all that is on your shoulders and all the people that Eat. what you do affects. Okay, like, yeah, don't. hopefully you don't let that seep in. But if you do, it'd be a tough day. All the people that eat off of your performance, basically. Yeah. And that's just not your teammates. That's not just your teammates' families, extended families, neighborhoods, communities. That's just not the coaches. The coaches' families, extended neighborhoods, communities. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about every fan, basically, the lifeline. Like, I grew up in Pittsburgh. If the Steelers lost, 
The city was miserable. Like, that is just how it goes. And I don't know if Cordell Stewart knew that when I was a kid. <laughs> and I don't know if uh, old Tommy Gunn knew that or Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. Or Neil O'Donnell. He obviously didn't know it in the Super Bowl. Yeah, threw that thing away. But that's a real thing. So it, it, it's a it's a CEO type mentality. You have to have a quarterback, and Aaron was getting killed for it last week. I mean, absolutely killed for it. Slaughter. Can't wait to hear what he has to say here coming up in 39 minutes. Let's talk about a uh, couple things going on around the NFL. Our guy JC Treader. Yep. Yes. Yep. President of the NFLPA, center for the Cleveland Browns, friend of the show, has been on the show before. Now, the NFLPA, not necessarily friend of the show. No. I think the show has been uh, not necessarily as friendly to the NFLPA as J.C. Treader might want, but I think J.C. Treader could even acknowledge the fact that maybe if they were a little bit better at what they did this show, which is very stern and fair, mm-hmm. would treat it as such. Absolutely. So I think he actually appreciates that. He's put out a couple different statements from the NFLPA about the way the rules happen in the competition can because the initial narrative that was coming out, seeping out, as we were, and I, not we, I was throwing tantrums about this point of emphasis taunting rule whenever it was announced. I was loud about how this should not be a point of emphasis. I understand it's a rule. If you want to remind teams that it's a rule and have teams handle it, that's okay. But a point of emphasis means, hey, we're going to focus on this. We're going to crack down on this and we want this to change. It's like, why are we trying to take emotion out of something, especially in the world that we're in right now, in a sport that revolves around emotion? Then a narrative came out somehow. The NFLPA actually were the ones that were looking for this rule. Treader came out and said, nah, that's bullshit. And then Treader came out even more and explain the entire situation in a tweet in a post We're finding it. he basically said the competition committee uh consists of 11 people that the commissioner appoints and then one nflpa representative and that was kind of our question the entire time like are players involved in any of this tackling or any of these rules in this entire thing he's like yeah we get one spot and it's 11 to 1 and everybody else is basically voted by roger goodell yeah so well, yeah. Do we know all the eleven people though? Are they who is it? We knew eight of them. Coaches and owners, or what? Yeah, yeah, so this is the original tweet from the NFLPA. For those who aren't a fan of new taunting rule, we aren't either. Rules like this are adopted through the competition committee, which includes 11 members, 10 selected by the commissioner, and one NFLPA rep. Okay, so the commissioner selects these people. I think Tomlin's on there. Yeah, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. And we have heard from some Steelers players. Uh, I don't know if it's on air or not air, but Tomlin doesn't necessarily love everything that happens. I think this is a legit, like, hey, you got to have a 6-5 vote here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a lot of potential frustration from within, and if the Players only have one seat at the table. I mean, what the f- you, you don't have a seat yeah. at the table, by the way. You don't have a seat no. at the table. And it's not, they're not elected. Like, the committee's not elected by the players or by anybody else. So, I would imagine, too, like, say you really you feel strongly against, like, a, a potential rule, but it's already, like, heavily in favor. It's going to pass. Like, you're not – are you going to sit there and fight it and stay in and around for another two days in these meetings or however they do this? Like – there's no way. Why would you? Classic married guy. You got to pick your battles. You know, like <laughs> for this particular one, it's you, like politics. It feels like an uphill battle if you if you truly like are, feel strongly about something. Like, all right, am I willing to dig my heels in here and sit here for two days and argue with these guys? I'm staring down three votes that need to be swung the opposite direction, and it appears as if they are very, very firm. In their commitment to yeah. this. Am I going to do an entire pitch on why this is bullshit and why this won't work? Yes, 
I will let them know that. But I'm not going to stick around and glad hand everybody and hopefully turn them around because those people aren't going to turn around. You know why? They were empowered by Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell says, hey, I appreciate your brain. What you do is right. We need you on a competition committee. If, if Roger Goodell said, hey, Pat, I want you to shape the league for me, like it'd be hard for me to listen to somebody else too. You know what I mean? I think that would be something difficult. And when it all seems to be coming from the same perspective, or well, not all, but at least a majority vote seems to be coming from the same perspective, you can see how these bullshit rules happen. And the point of emphasis is my biggest issue. So to everybody that is saying like, you know, it's bad for a game when these scumbags, right? Just play football. You know, you don't have to dance on. And I don't want to get into the entire, like, hey, a life could be changed on that play. Not just one life. Like, ten of them could be changed. And there should be emotions. And we shouldn't be pulling back emotions. The same things you love in the game of football is provided by emotional people. You want them to be passionate, but you think they're not passionate. Then when they show that they're passionate, it's a penalty. I mean, you can't have it both ways. But it feels like when rules like this happen, it's because the NFL wants to change the way something is going. So it's like the NFL wants to take away a emotions from the game is what this feels like to me and i don't think that's good for the nfl they just signed a 110 billion dollar deal so they know a lot better than me i guess but why would you ever want to do that and why would anybody on the competition committee be for it i just maybe they're just completely out of touch with everything you think i'm, I'm sure there's definitely some of them that are very out of touch and i'm sure if you ask them they wouldn't say hey we're not trying to take emotion out and they're gonna they you know they have a propaganda clip that's two and a half minutes long of hey look at all this emotion that was not flagged so I don't know what their argument could be. I'm guessing that would be part of it. But it's all like, don't they say we don't need little kids watching football and thinking it's cool to stand over top of somebody? Ian, Ian Rapport said that to yeah. me, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, Ian, well, why don't, why don't you just tell your kid, like, hey, that guy worked his ass off to get to that moment. And that was a display of success from all of his hard work. Why don't you tell that? And he said, well, I guess that's right. It's like, yeah. yeah there's- I've had to do that. Kids do that. Like, in eight-year-olds will, will do that. And I'll see them, like, do these – like celebrations they see and they'll stand over top of a dude and like like stomp him just do crazy stuff every once in a while during like Whoa. scrimmages and stuff usually during practice and i have to tell i'm like the other coaches luckily they do a good job of shutting them down right away but like they see it and they do it but it's not the nfl's responsibility that's ours as coaches to stop it. well this is like the classic don't say fuck because my kid will say we'll be a better parent you know and, and i'm not a parent so i might be speaking out of pocket there it's like you should tell your kid hey adult Just like cigarettes have an age and gambling has an age and everything that is, you know, come a part of drinking has an age. Like you can also teach them like, hey, some of these words you can't say until you're an adult. And that has become something that has just got tossed out the window, by the way. No, no, it's not my. This is your job to teach my kid that. It's like, what happened here? You know, the word fuck is on the Internet 7000 times. I don't even know what to tell you. The FCC, I guess, is still against it or whatever. But that's that same situation where it's like other people are teaching my kids stuff. And instead of me correcting it, and this is once again coming from somebody that doesn't have a kid. And my kid's going to be the worst child on earth. So I understand that this is probably an impossible task. But instead of just correcting it and explaining why that's happening and when the proper time is to do such a thing, if you want to be that type of guy, and if that's how you want to play, like I think those are the things that should happen in theory, I guess. I'm not actually in there, but that seems like what should happen in theory to counteract all this bullshit. Ain't that right, AJ, or no? Yeah, yeah, it should. I mean, I guess parents try to say, oh, we thought we could sit here and listen or watch this, and then all of a sudden they start talking about sex or there's cussing in it. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's a weird thing with what? certain kids. Like, we don't sit there and cuss around my kids all the time, and other parents don't always do it. But some parents are very comfortable doing it. And but kids are impressionable, whatever. It's ultimately it's up to your parents. Like they're gonna see everything. 
at school. They're going to hear everything. We can't shelter them from all of it. Like, all we can do is try to help them make good decisions. And that's the internet, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I know you can have parental controls, but does all they your kids' Somebody, friends? One of their friends, you yeah. know, there's always friends. Like, they see it. They're, they're going to find out everything. Yeah, so you might as well just tell them, like, hey. Yeah, try dad, to educate them. Dad might smoke a little dope, all right? But you can't. <laughs> nope. Okay? That's just one that you live long enough, you'll be able to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead well, and keep that as a goal, all right? <laughs> Keep that as a goal. Here's one. Live long enough to do that. And guess what? While we're doing it, guess what you can say? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Fuckity fuck. Whenever yeah. we do it. You got to live long enough to get to that point. Like, I think that is. I, and once again, I do not have a child. I have a dog that still shits inside. Oh. Okay? So I don't know if I'm. This is all theory. This is all theoretical stuff, but it's honestly how I feel. There's no right or wrong way, though. There's no, like, black or white way. Hey, this is the correct way to be a parent, and this is not. Like, no. There's absolutely not. Like, every situation, Pat. Is very situational when it comes to kids. Nailed it! Wow. Let's get to a break on that note. We got some, uh, what's that? Is it? Is he playing or not playing? Oh, shit. Pause. Because this is kind of news, but Jarvis Landry has been in the news the past couple of days. They said it's going to be week to week with an injury or whatever. It has now come out that he is going to the IR. Damn. The Browns have placed wide receiver Jarvis Landry on injured reserve with an MCL sprain, reports Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. So Jarvis Landry, who's one of the most durable, tough guys that the Cleveland Browns have, is now injured with an MCL sprain in his knee. He's placed on IR, which means he will be able to return after three weeks? Yes, so. missed mm -hmm. three games. Yep. So he misses at least three games, and they're able to move the roster around whenever they place him on IR. This is a damn shame. Jarvis Landry is... A dude. He was the only one playing, it felt like, a couple weeks ago for Baker. He got the ball like 400 times, it felt like. Absolute stud. I think he's the emotional leader for the Browns. They got a good thing cooking over there. Jarvis will hopefully be able to get healthy here in the next three, four weeks and come back even better. I, that's why I like the new IR rules where he can go in IR for three weeks and then we'll see. He's not out for the year. I Yeah, it's terrible that he has to leave, but for... If you're a Browns fan, I'd also be relieved a little bit. Hey, it's not an ACL; it's just MCL sprain. You can you rest that he doesn't probably doesn't isn't getting surgery right now for it, and you can come back from there. And hopefully, you're healthy when the season really matters. Just a couple years ago, you hear IR, that guy's gone. Yeah, yeah. And then COVID came through, and the injured reserve came became like the DL, right? Is yeah. that what the DL is in yeah, baseball? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. What or is the deal? Well, it's 15. like the, yeah, they can designate guys for like 15, 30, yeah, 45, 60 days. Like so it, it's it's like a running scale pretty much. And I am happy that the NFL is doing this and I think all the teams were happy with it. I think a lot of people wanted to try it and COVID kind of gave the NFL an excuse to do it because hey, we need more players. We need to be able to rotate the roster especially with the testing and everything like that. So they upped the practice squad last year. They get rid of the IR. I think this is brilliant. I hope Jarvis comes back healthy. Cannot wait to see him. Bummed about it, by the way. Absolutely bummed because I love watching Jarvis Landry play football. Yeah. yeah. Love watching him play football. There's a stud. There's a guy that will. Hey, oh, get yeah. you. He cares. You can tell he cares about what he's doing. Bingo. That's great coaching point and a great parenting point that I wish Ian Rappaport would have said to his kid instead of, why are they being arrogant out there? <laughs> well, they're not. They're proud. They're proud and they're happy of what they accomplished. And if you ever accomplish. A catch like that in the NFL on a Sunday, you could do the same thing. That's Until right. then, you keep your ass quiet and go to work. It's good parent. Son. Please. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. <laughs> Gotta assume OBJ's probably coming back now with uh, them being a little depleted at wide will receiver. He? I mean What's that all about? If Jesus. he's healthy, he will. Yeah, if he's hundred percent healthy, he will. Why why would you bring a Ferrari out of the garage? 
if the Fer- you're winning, you're doing well, and the Ferrari. Well, and the oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> and the, they're good. They're doing yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, they're good. One on one. And the why would you come if the Ferrari still had a little tune-up that needed to happen? Why would you even bring it out to the race? Let that thing get all the way ready. Get that tune-up all the way in, and let that thing the ponies hit once the green light comes. That's what the Bronzes think with OBJ, pal. I saw Adrian Peterson come back in six months and win an MVP. <laughs> that was that, that was insane. I mean, he rushed for more yards than anybody in the history. In the quickest time after an ACL in the history of ACLs and ACL surgeries, Adrian Pearson, though he's still running sprints right now. Who's he, yeah. he playing for? Nobody. I don't think anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready though. Still out there. Niners. Maybe the Niners. <laughs> what did he tell yeah. us? He said when he starts losing these races to these younger guys, maybe he'll start retiring or he'll think about retirement. When I can't keep up or something like that, and he's still just smoking. He he has this um, vertical, uh, not vertical. Incline treadmill? No, it's great. Like he has like a hill. I think that they were running on this off season. They had like fake turf on it. I think it was like built like with wood. Damn. It was sprinting up this thing. It was. He was in front of two young. He posted it. He was. <laughs> he was in the lead, and there was two younger guys behind him. <laughs> and I think the quote was like, "Still got it" or something. I'm like, yeah. "You're goddamn right, you still got it." AP. I can't wait to see who signs all day. Just like Sherman's still out there. Yeah. Who's gonna sign Richard Sherman? How's that gonna go? I mean, there's a lot of conversation to be had as this season unfolds. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. I know there's a lot of other options out there. And we don't always bring, you know, the best show. I think today was a good one, obviously. But the fact that you guys allow us in your lives, I'm eternally grateful for. If you enjoyed this show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened and just move along. And, uh, you know, hopefully never see you again. But if you like the show, we're back tomorrow with a beautiful Wednesday. Be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel this beautiful group of human beings into an incredible Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening. We'll see you manana. Cheers.